Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win, including boosted same-game parlays for the upcoming NBA action after the football season. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's Bet 50, Win 200 dollars offer. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. And let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Mm. Today, all three Long Brothers are in studio. That's Chris. That's Kyle. That's Howie Jr. Macon and Nate jump in as well. We had a number of topics. Chris and Macon start on Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher and their comments around the NIL. Then Chris tells a couple stories from dad life. Macon also receives his Greenlight summer homework as he departs on vacation. And then we roll into Calais Campbell. Chris and Calais talk about Calais' career in Arizona, the great defense down in Jacksonville, and returning for a 15th season. At the end of the show, Chris dives into his appearance on Bustin' with the Boys, and Howie Jr. brings a couple thought-provoking questions to the show. Y'all enjoy. Have a wonderful day. Fun show today, dude. We've got Dr. Fax coming in. We've got um, Kyle Long coming in. We've got Howie Long Jr. coming in, tail end of this pod. You're going to wow. miss him. Yeah. What we've got with Macon is we got a real estate sandwich today. Uh, he's out earning that bread, pushing that MLS, moving that acreage. Um, he's doing it in the morning and the afternoon, so we appreciate you coming in and catching us in the middle. We also have Calais Campbell coming up later today. So that's a great interview. We already did it. I love Calais Campbell. We basically grew up in football together from the ACC to you know meeting each other on that Walter Payton Man of the Year stage. I mean, there's a guy I got tremendous respect for, so loved having him on. You'll hear that in a bit. Uh, I've got, we got a lot to get to, dude. I'm just, you just walked in from out of cell service. You've been slinging MLS. You're not getting tweets. You're not seeing the timeline. You're not getting the, the ESPN alerts, dude. It is fucking pro wrestling in college football. You woke up this morning and it was college football and now it's the WWE, dude. You've, seen, you've heard a little background. We've caught you up a little bit. I mean, okay, of course we're talking about Nick Saban here. By the time, by the time you're listening, it is Friday morning. Uh, Saban went Wednesday night and talked to a group of boosters in Alabama, old folks, and he's trying to, uh, he's testing the waters talking about the NIL landscape, which as we know is the fucking Wild West. I mean, welcome to the rest of the world, 
Nick Saban. It's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be uncertain for a little bit. I think there's a denial joke in there somewhere. NIL. The river. To river in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Denial. <laughs> Give it, do it. Okay. Um, I wonder if, if everybody's in denial about this. I wonder if everybody's in NIL about this. Uh, oh, that's I'm, right. I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, God damn it. But actually, that's a decent joke. Um, I need to workshop it. Okay, a workshop more. it. But yeah, like Nick Saban's in denial. He's, he's in Egypt right now when it comes to the new landscape in college football. And so he's up there. He's talking about NIL stuff, which he's not against, okay? But the truth is, that's not good enough to just not be against players, you know, uh, benefiting from their name and image and likeness now. We know for a fact that some people are triangulating their next move based upon how much money's there. So he got beat on the field by Jimbo Fisher last year, uh, and he got beaten recruiting by Jimbo Fisher. That's like that. He drew first blood. Jimbo drew first blood. Uh, I mean, like, and, and a former assistant drawing first blood and making Nick Saban feel a little mortal as things are changing. I think that's what launched him into this whole diatribe. And of course, along the way, he backs the bus up over Jackson State. Deion Sanders, uh, Miami basketball. I mean, there were a number of people that caught strays because he was explaining to uh, boosters in Alabama that uh, it's not our fault that we can't keep up. Uh, and I'm worried that we won't be able to keep up because it's the wild, wild west out there, which it is, but it's uh, it's been a hard life for every other college football program. Uh, welcome to the, the pack, dude. Like, this is the thing that's going to level the playing field. And one thing that's been certain every year for Nick Saban since he started coaching there, or not since he started coaching there, but since he got this thing established is, you know Alabama is the college football overlord every year, start of September. That is consistency. It's predictable. Uh, he knows what's coming. And I think what he's getting is a dose of uncertainty right now, and he's scared. And so he's lashing out at people to try to make people, you know, give himself excuses and throw shade at other people. And I think it's really irresponsible. I do. I'll, jo I'll join the pack on this one. Or is he playing Belichickian chess? Is it not only, hey, that guy's cheating, but Birmingham boosters, you need to step it up. Well, he could be. And, and here's the deal. And that's a great question. Uh, but you don't throw Jimbo. You could keep that general. You could lament the fact that, you know, his problem is not NILs. It's not what it's not the money players are making when they get on campus, for the record. His problem is the promises. You know, like if you go to this school, you're gonna get X amount of money. Um, and I think, you know, putting names and faces on that complaint, which could easily be a broad kind of like, oh, the landscape's changing, you still be whiny. But now you're snitching. And honestly, what you're doing is and this is where he needs to be careful. It's not just you know alleging that Texas A&M did something wrong, uh, which they didn't because uh, the, these collectives are becoming more normal in college football and in Texas, it's not against the law to do anything that they've done. So Jimbo didn't pay players by the letter of the law. He didn't do anything wrong. Nick Saban in Alabama have not been able to do that until this past January because of laws in state. Like you can't do that, but you know Auburn would turn you in, right? So he's mad at Jimbo Fisher, not just because they beat him on the field and beat him in recruiting. He's also mad because they got the first slice of the pie, dude. You know, like you, you're in your fucking ivory tower here. The only reason you haven't done anything like that is because you weren't allowed to yet. So what you're doing now is you're lashing out at not only Jimbo Fisher, but you're also lashing out at that kid from Jack that's going to Jackson State. Hunter? Travis Hunter. Travis yeah. Hunter. He's, he's an 18-year-old kid. Maybe not 18 yet. I don't know. 
uh, in his state of Georgia, the rumor that Nick Saban is spreading is dangerous to that kid and to Jackson State because that's illegal currently. You have to be enrolled in school in that state to get an NIL money. I know we heard the Barstool rumor that Barstool was giving this kid $1.5 million, but that was refuted. So what you're doing is you're you're messing with that kid's livelihood. And for Deion Sanders, I really fucking get the angst and, and him being upset because what you're talking about, and this is what makes it so tone deaf, you could have given 100 programs strays, but you give Jackson State a stray. This is an HBCU dude. Like you have to have your head in the sand to realize that this is that this has been a topic of conversation. HBCUs being more, uh, you know, funded, uh, supported, celebrated in college football, and Deion Sanders is the reason whether there's a million dollar deal or not that any kid's going to Jackson State. And so for Deion, that's a slap in the face. You talk about Jimbo said he wants to slap Nick Saban in the face, something to that effect. If I'm Dion, I want to do worse to to Nick Saban because what you're saying is I couldn't get this kid on my own. I had to buy him. And then the Miami stray, fucking totally irrelevant. He's just grasping at straws because he's panicking a little bit. And maybe there's an air of that, but you didn't have to do that with it. You know what I mean? It makes those Aflac commercials a little weird now with Nick Saban and Coach Prime telling everybody to save their money. Yeah. Come to Aflac. Yeah. I wonder if there's any more commercials in the the bank that they need to... Dude, not running anymore. Exactly. I think Dion and him shooting a commercial is going to be super fucking awkward perpetually now. I think SEC Media Day. And like, here's the thing about Jimbo Fisher. He ain't leaving, dude. He's got, he's got his oil money crew down there, and he ain't going anywhere until that motherfucker dries up. And that's, that's the thing that's so scary to Nick Saban is like, now they have a slice of the pie. They have a way to get to our level, and he's not leaving. And every SEC Media Day, every time they have to shake hands at the 50-yard line, it's going to be must-see TV. Do you know what states can pay players pre-enrollment and what states can't? Because that seems like a major advantage. It is a major for the great advantage. state of Texas. It is a major yeah, advantage. Alabama passed the law. Alabama, because football is king there. They don't care. Like Whatever the legislature is, they're going to make sure they're competitive. So here we are. It just took a year. So, so do your shit. And here's the thing about like, bulldoze your facilities because that's an advantage you know if i'm a kid looking in charlottesville or alabama and facilities are important to me that's a promise you're going to have all these resources the the playing field as we know the irony of this thing is the playing field has not been equal to go back to macon's previous question like this definitely doesn't seem like a strategic master stroke by saban i feel like it's backfiring on him like coach prime said we as a people don't have to pay our people to play with our people yikes Jimbo said, some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deal. You may find out about a guy, a lot of things you don't want to know. You make him the czar of college football. Go dig into his past. That's like the Old Testament. God made a deal? Yeah, it's like the Old Testament. A deal with the devil? No, yeah, well, yeah, something like that. We're a theology pod here, so we can read the tea leaves, but basically Jimbo knows where the bodies are buried. So this is really scary. Not only did it backfire because you insulted somebody who's trying to put HBCUs on the map, you also insulted a former assistant who knows where the bodies are buried and, you know, compared, he said, you know, hey, I've, I've coached under Bobby Bowden. This is what it looks like. To, and by the way, Jimbo, these guys are two pigs in the mud, bro, because Jimbo doesn't follow. He not always followed the rules. They've had, you know, whatever, as archaic as those rules were, they were breaking them. Um, but at the end of the day, he's making enemies in college football when he already had a ton. People are waiting for this, bro. People are, Jimbo was waiting to have that conversation. This isn't something he woke up this morning. He he made comments alluding to always having had these feelings about Nick Saban. And now the floodgates open a little bit. And the most dangerous thing is Nick Saban, don't get too comfortable like Dabo got too comfortable in my book 
thinking, oh, we're a football factory. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Kids don't like you because they like you. They like you because your football team's good. And the minute you start alienating kids and throwing stones at, at Travis Hunter or Dion and saying like, and lying on these kids allegedly because Travis Hunter tweets and says, hey, million dollars, my mom, she lives in a, fi- a three bedroom house with five kids. Where's that million dollars? So other kids are seeing that tweet. Like it's not good. You don't want to open this Pandora's box. Just be happy you're Alabama and now go win football games by being better because everybody else is at the dance now. You can't say, and this was a brag. This is typical college. Well, college football coaches are like politicians now. They are just like a hair away from politicians. He's up there bragging about Bama players have made $1.7 billion in the NFL since 2010. It's met with like, wow, and like a little bit of applause. And then two minutes later, lamenting the fact that we, we don't know where the money is. We can't pay players uh, because, uh, be, because other scholarships will disappear in other sports and it's too complicated and this, that, and the third. Figure it the fuck out, dude. You're getting paid like you're the fucking president of the United States. You're getting paid more than the president of the United States. And your guys have made a billion dollars in the league the last 12 years. How do you think Tony Elliott or Virginia feels? How do you think an ACC school feels? If Tony Elliott did a measured take, like a rant on, man, this landscape's crazy right now. I don't have anything to promise people, you know, compared to other schools. I would say, yeah, you know what it is, a motherfucker. And I'd say, you know, that's fair as fuck for that guy to talk about that. But Nick Saban, dude, you're the, the richest guy in the neighborhood. You know, like you're, you're the guy who's, who's, who's got the mansion, dude. This is like, this is the purge, but reversed. And he's feeling it. He's, he's hearing the purge whistle. And who's the cat that said uh, Alabama was NIL before there was NIL? It, I think it was Travis Johnson, right? Our guy, uh, who's the man, dude. Travis, uh, Travis Johnson is the fucking man. He, but said, anyways. he was class of 2000, said that Alabama offered him six figures. And he did not matriculate to Tuscaloosa. He went to FSU. So a lot more. This is just day one, dude. Nick Saban. Nick Saban's going to be checking his phone so much when he wakes up in the morning the next six months, dude. Like, he's just going to be rolling over, spending 10 minutes on. You can say cancel out the noise, but when the noise is about you and the noise is coming, like, look out, dude. So Fewer cream pies for that cat. Oh, yeah. A lot fewer cream pies, dude. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And we're talking about cookies. But what he's seeing is he doesn't want to be. You saw Travis Hunter. Reed made this point earlier. This is a great point. Travis Hunter... Uh, left Florida State, uh, committed to Florida State, you know, decommitted and went to Jackson State. He's seeing himself as the Florida State now. He doesn't want to be that Florida State. He's worried about everybody else getting a slice of the pie, so here we are. Um, and it's dangerous. It's dangerous to throw stones like that. Hey, Nick, look around next time you're in Nashville playing at Vanderbilt. Right, exactly. It's, it's so disingenuous at this point that people are just saying whatever they want. Now, you... You've got some points in there that, yes, objectively, there is uncertainty. Well, here's the deal. Also, when a system like this has been out of balance for so long, and it's been so uneven in the way that, that the, uh, the, the spoils of war are distributed, when there's change, it's going to be a shit show. There's a lot of evening the playing field to do. And you know what? I don't feel sorry for any of these coaches, especially the ones that have made $20, $30, 40000000 million doing this for years. You got to pay the piper, dude. This is time now. Like, and and guess what? Systems resist change. It's going to be awkward for a couple years, but that doesn't make it the wrong thing. Who was Tiger's caddy? Fluff. Fluff. Yeah. Fluff. Did you see the clip of Fluff and Nick Saban about a week ago? 
No, I didn't. Fluff walks up to Nick Saban, introduces himself, says, uh, I didn't wear my Clemson hat today out of respect for you. Uh, my daughter or granddaughter goes there or something. And instead of Nick saying, oh, that's uh -huh. terrific. What, you know, yeah. what year is she? Yeah. What is she studying? He goes, it's, a, it's an awkward couple of seconds. And he goes, no, Dabo and I are friends. And yeah, it was just, just a really weird, like... He just you, lacks. He lacks a little. And listen, here's the deal. I don't know Nick Saban, but Jimbo Fisher's painting a, a, a poor picture. Now, I don't take Jimbo Fisher's word to, to the bank either. Like I said, it's two pigs in the mud. But I've never hated Nick Saban. I've always thought he's a hell of a football coach. But at the end of the day, are you a football coach or are you a politician? If your player was pointing the finger and blaming other people before the season even began, just because you drew a little blood, you'd call him mentally weak. You'd call him all types of things. Worry about your shit, dude, and you've got plenty of it to go around. So, you know, uh, maybe lean on that 10.7 bill that your players have made over the past 12 years. And the guy sitting to the left, to his right in the video, I don't know who that is. I probably should know who it is. He's one of the two guys that were flanking him. You know, these guys that are paid to kind of like, to, you know, accessorize Nick Saban at a, at a, at a function like this and, and tee him alley-oops and that sort of thing he grew really uncomfortable around his leg was shaking like a motherfucker you know like when i have the nervous energy and my legs shaking his legs started shaking the more nick went down this rabbit hole because i don't think this was planned and i think if you if you watch this six minute clip you'll realize that the more he talked the more he realized he was backing himself in the corner but instead of just being like let me shut up now he just kept digging dude well, he's been he's been Teflon here for a long time. No, no longer. No, maybe not so much. No longer. So, thank you for catching me up. This is uh, educational. This is educational. Yeah. Well, we do what we can. One thing we might have missed: uh, college sports could be over. Yeah, it's possible. And then not too. It's possible. And I love college football so fucking much. But you know what? I, I love more than that is principle. And like, if kids. You know, if kids want to get their fair sh share of the pie and this thing's got to blow up before it gets rebuilt, like that would suck for me on Saturdays, but I'm not the kid out there risking my brain and my body uh, and working effectively 60 hour weeks to entertain people. You know what I mean? Were you offered anything to go to a school? Fuck no, dude. Were any of your teammates offered anything? No, dude. Did you hear stories when you were in the league of, of folks being paid? To I've heard of those handshakes, but you know, like that is so foreign to me. Okay. I mean, like I've joked before that some of our professors and some people in the Virginia community would rather probably pay us off uh, to stop playing football, that Neanderthal sport. Uh, but things have changed now. We got Tony Elliott, and uh, you don't see him up at there at the podium making an ass of himself. So, Way to abide by the code. Yeah, that's the code, bro. Yeah. But there's nothing to report. <laughs> I know. Let's bring, the, let's bring in the beef, shall we? We got a lot of beef in this studio here. We've got Dr. Fax, we've got Kyle Long, and we've got Howie Long, my youngest brother, who's gonna make his pod debut on the tail end of this pod. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it tastes great. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I recommend it to the whole Greenlight crew, especially Cowboy Reed. And now, 
everybody's feeling spry. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens is also a climate-neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We just brought in the beef. Shout out to Arby's. By the way, Reed, the headline the other day that you you probably were fucking all giddy about. That's right. I lead the anti-Arby's bandwagon, and, and I've been on it for a minute. Tell us what happened. Well, the other day, it was revealed that there is a uh, Arby's manager who's been pissing in the uh, in the drink <laughs> machine. And I'm on that. I was on that from day one. I knew about that. I knew all that. Everyone was like, no, Arby's is great. French fries. Trust the French fries. Okay, so He's probably so re- the French so fry machine, too. No, no, no. Don't worry. Not at the one down We're there. We're going up there. No, don't that. worry about it. Here's my big issue with the whole thing. I mean, like, Reed, if you're going to have another job, you have to tell us. I, I thought it was probably you that pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Reed, yeah. like, this is. I wish I was written. smart enough to think of that. This is got to you sabotage all, all the it. local Arby's. So that's like an easy, simple one pissing in the thing. What else could they do? Like, that, like, oh, to the any fries. Place, like, any place with a soft serve, dude. Yep. Just. You know the rest. Getting the milkshake machine. Yeah. They've got milkshakes at Arby's, I've heard. I don't heard. care for the word pissing. At all. <laughs> Tinkling? No, peeing or a weeing sort he of fellow. Like in the, uh, oh. Gotta take machine. a piss, gotta take a leak, gotta, no. gotta hit the head. You're more whimsical. Mm, yeah, that's right. Gotta go wee. With the willy. Yeah. So, Reed, that was fucked up. I just wanted to say that. And uh, Agreed. So is everyone on the anti-Arby's train now? Mm, no, dude. No. I guarantee you somebody's pissed or shit in something at a McDonald's. Like, somebody did that today at a McDonald's. Like, Reed, you're not going to get me, you're not going to scare me away from Arby's off of one guy pissing in a milkshake. No it should chance. be the guy who peed in the drink machine to scare you away. What? Uh, Shouldn't what, be me. Well, what? I get blue Powerade any any time I go anyway. It's going to be so. yellow Powerade. Well, yeah, it was yellow. And they peed blue and it yellow make green. <laughs> green light pod. Green light pod. And we're here. And all the, the meat, the beef, we have the meats. Uh, everybody's in here. Uh, there's like a lot. This, this couch is sagging. We got beef in the studio. This studio just got a hot beef injection. It's a cattle auction in this motherfucker. It's, it's a fucking like yeah, Kyle. I'm sorry, but you're going to the highest bidder, dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. He's, he's not a milk cow. Um. So. <laughs> I I inseminate. <laughs> um. I want to talk to you guys about the the Bama thing briefly, just because you tweeted about it, Kyle. Jimbo Fisher, and. Nick Saban, you wondered aloud who plays those two gentlemen in, in the movie. Short kings, for sure. Short guys. They should have their pick. That's Hollywood. Cruz? Cruz can be Saban? So I, like, I like the manager from Entourage. Oh, oh Jeremy Jerry, Piven. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Not bad. You, I, know, you, know, you know, that's not bad. Fat fi- Christian Bale fine bomb, Tom Cruise. Fine Bomb said that uh, Al Pacino should play Saban. I don't really see that. Ooh. This other guy, Ben Kerchival, said J.K. Simmons, and I think that's great. He said that all the way back in 2017. Peter Dinklage? (laughs) The guy from Simon Burke. Oh, my God, dude. This is terrible. What about Wee Man? 
Oh, we man. <laughs> oh, I see what you guys are doing. Well, it started with Tom Cruise, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah. played um, Tyrion? And, so, yeah, and, Tyrion and, is Peter Dinklage. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, all short kings here. <laughs> yeah. Just this. <laughs> this. Um, and by the way, I don't mean to offend any short kings. We've talked about short kings a couple Muggsy times. Muggsy Bogues could play him. There you go. <laughs> From the bottom rope. Here's what I think constitutes a short king, 5'9". Ooh. You can be 5'10 and be a stocky king. You can be six foot, you're a six footer. But if you're 5'9", you've crossed in the short king. SK. Yeah, echelon. Oh, you're going to have a lot of tweets about that. Yeah, one. people are going to be frustrated. Yeah, but you're a king, dude. You're a king. You are Short a king. guys get all the girls, man. Isn't f- five guys, nine's the average number, right? Five nine? I think so. Five nine's the average. I think it's the average so, male height. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Right under five nine is, is short king territory. <laughs> and I just want to say this. I remind y'all every time. Short guys get the girls. Kyle and I were really big guys growing up. No we're chicks. big and awkward, and we don't get any girls, and we have to watch all the short kings take the hot girls to the prom. Yep. Handsome face, short kings with great hair, and they, they fit in sports cars. They're and, cool. Yeah. They went to the 311 concert you at fit the in all the clothes with all the girls last weekend. Well, yeah, and dude, they got pink shells. Their schweens look larger uh, yep. because of the backdrop. Yep. Yes, dude. Yep. <laughs> I just said, yes. You're damn right. You're damn right. So yeah. Like I hung the Mona, Mona Lisa at the Hoover Dam, and it looks <laughs> it looks uh, it looks a little different than let's say if, if Howie walked in the room, my younger brother who's five eleven, and uh, he says he's six. He's six, six foot. foot. He's a, he's in the tall I've kings said category. He's in the tall kings. But you category. know it's a different dam. Yeah. It, it looks bad. It looks bad. Kyle, that was a really good joke. 5'11 and 7 eighths. Howie's first <laughs> words on this podcast were his height. I mean, he's doing a combine <laughs> thing. Dude, he's one of the best athletes ever, though, too. Also. Great athlete. Yeah. So, Great um, athlete. All right. So we'll bring on Howie in a little bit. But I've had a fucking week, guys. I just want to run two instances by you. We've got three dads in here, right? Three dads. I'm not missing anything. I think so. Hey, yeah, we good. Howie, we good. <laughs> Nothing you want to tell me? <laughs> well, wait till you catch your kid cussing, dude. I caught Waylon cussing the other night, man. Oh. Yeah, I fucking... I In what him. circumstances? <laughs> so, this was like strike four for my man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've caught... This is the fourth time you caught him? No, he was just... Oh. He was acting like a real, you know... Okay. A real... Piece delinquent. of shit? No, dude. Okay. Easy. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, and you know what? He he was acting like one. That doesn't mean he is one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you're no. acting. Oh, wow, wow. I'm not saying that. you were acting that yeah. way. I'm saying you're oh, being that. That's dude. my favorite. So, anyways, uh, Waylon was just wearing my ass out, dude. I mean, I'm talking about. I came home and Luke, you know, Meg left me with the kids, so I had to babysit the kids, which is the way I put like watching my own kids. Uh, <laughs> but Luke has got this bad stomach bug within five minutes. He shits on my foot trying to get to the bathroom. You know, Waylon's not listening. He's he's dancing on the on the table at dinner and shit like that. And then we walk inside after he reels it back in, and we're about to play Nintendo Switch, which is like a drug to kids, dude. No more. Uh, and he's looking at the controller and he's going, "This fucking thing! I can't believe this thing!" Because <laughs> <laughs> he can't get the controller to work. Yeah, dude. So. In so context? What, what do you do? And you're yeah, sitting on the, like ca- you're sitting on the couch like right he, next to him. Yeah, it's not like he was just like within arm's reach. Fucking book time, or like it's you know it's I, I want some. Uh, no, that works too. So is it? Yeah, so so yes, it does. So yeah. is that you or is that is that Meg? It's definitely one of it's both of us. 
You know, but it's probably more so me because he's got a point. Those fucking controllers are really finicky, man. And so on one hand, like, and this is usually what dads say is they're like, oh, how proud were you or that sort of thing. No, no, Scary. dude, no, Scary. not in my house. So I, w I resisted the urge to do, you know, if you catch your kid smoking a cigarette, you're supposed to be like, oh, you like cigarettes. My six-week-old smokes hella cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to, yeah. we're going to. We're gonna fucking finish this pack together. You know that thing. I'm yeah. gonna make you, you like cigarettes. I've heard that. Let's see if you like cigarettes. Th I was kind of like, you like cussing? We'll go the fuck upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you see? Oh, it doesn't sound good when I cuss. <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't like when I cuss. <laughs> and I was like, to be honest, and some people might not like this, I was like, I pay the fucking bills in this house. <laughs> and you will live here until you're 18 years old. So I don't know where you heard that, Mm. But you're not saying that word. And he goes, I heard it from you. Yes. Shocking. And I said, and I said, and I said, you see that truck outside, dude? I was like, I drive that motherfucker. I didn't say motherfucker. At this point, I'm done. I said, I, I drive that to work every day. I was like, so because I drive that truck, you can drive a truck now. I was like, because I do X, Y, Z, you can do X, Y, Z. Now you live in my house. I pay the bills. I did the I pay the bills thing. And, uh, and does he we know what bills are? I go, how, how old is yeah. Willen? How old he's is six. He's six. Six? Yeah, he's six. Okay. But he acts like he's damn eight, dude. My first understanding of a bill was when how an amendment becomes a bill. Yeah, the Bill of Rights, I think, was my first. I'm just first. the bill. Like like, just wait, the bill wait, like, dad, dad paid for the Bill of Rights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? My he's dad's like, a lawmaker. My dad's a fucking a hero. <laughs> he's like one of the founding fathers. And maybe he doesn't know what bills are, but he knows that dad wasn't happy. So anyways, like this dude goes up, goes to sleep, the whole thing. I'm riding in the truck yesterday. I think I'm talking to Matt maybe on the phone nope. or something on the way we went hiking. It was me. It was you. And yes. I said, and I said, uh, I said, you know, this fucking thing. And I hung up the phone and Will was like, I won't be saying that word again. <laughs> he's funny, man. So, uh, so he gets it. He's a really smart kid and he's really a great kid. It's just, it's funny to me because as I tweeted about it, I realized so many people can identify with the first time you catch your kid cussing. It's like a wow. And then when you catch your kid cussing with the right context around it. It's, it's cool that he had the wherewithal to use his practice field as, okay, it's just me, dad, and Luke. And Luke's taking a shit in the hallway. So <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm going to just say, fuck, right now, mom's not here, and we're going to deal so, with it as he, bad. He, let's just rip this Band-Aid off. Right? Dude, He's dad. a smart kid. He's really smart. So yeah. did you did you ask Meg, hey, hey, Meg, have you heard him curse? Do you think he slipped up in front of Meg, or he knew it was his time to do it like because he was with you? No, I don't think he, I think he totally, he caught, he got caught. Like I walked away for a second and he was putting the controller together with Luke and the controller wasn't linking with the switch, which is a problem, Nintendo. It is a problem, dude. The game is terrific. The gameplay is incredible, but the simplicity of the N Super Nintendo. So Waylon's sitting there and he doesn't hear me and he's like, uh, this fucking controller i can't believe this thing and so i'm like dude he really is using this so you and think he's lighting luke up sometimes no <laughs> like i don't think he's lighting luke up no <laughs> no but then we had another problem too and this is the point of this fatherhood stuff is i know we have some dads that listen to this pod have a plan for situations like this have a fucking game plan have a sudden change plan like in football like what mm. is the plan what's your first sudden 15 change. look like situational football dude. some people said don't not in the first 15 plays. Don't tell your kid you can't play the pay the bills card in the first 15 plays. I say you got to establish a run. Kyle, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm on play six of in terms of weeks. Well, it's a little early for you <laughs> to establish really a run, much. but for me, I have to. If I want to take shots, I have to establish a run. Another thing is, we thought we lost Tony. We thought we lost Big Tony last night. I didn't tell you, but there was a really scary, maybe 17 minute period where we couldn't find the motherfucker, dude. 17. 17 is a long time when you have a fenced in yard and this cat's. I mean, he's a bulldog. How far is he going? Was he napping in a bush? Kyle, exactly, dude. I, I mean, I walk up, I'm taking the trash out. I walk up, I hear kids Willie wailing. Willie took a toke and took a nap, man. Just no, like, dude. No, this is Tony, not Willie. Oh, sorry, Tony. This is the bulldog. Tony. And, you know, if it gets dark outside, my bulldog is outside the confines of my backyard. He's not going to make it through the night. There's yeah. predators and that sort yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? So we had to find this dude. It looks like a country ham. He was inside sleeping. You know, Inside. Inside. Where inside. I, exactly where I thought he would be. But, uh, but... Suffice to say, when you're a dad, there are things that are going to come up. And my only thought during this whole thing, hearing my kid crying, and like 15 minutes in, I was like, damn, mother, he, could be, he could be gone. You, I had no answer. I was like, okay, if we don't find this thing in five minutes, what am I going to tell my kids? I had no speech made up. I had no. So if you're a dad, go through these instances in your head lost dog, oh, kid God. cussing the I don't first time. I not think about any of this. Yeah, dude. Well, it's, it's coming. Yeah, well, I hope not. I Arts and your daughter's going to cuss like three years old, bro. Well, the cussing is going to be an issue in my house. <laughs> yeah, There's going to be a lot of issues behavior. Do you remember as kids the first time you cussed and the reaction from your parents? I, I said hell in chapel at a, at a stab at St. Anne's nice. in fourth grade, and I was told it wasn't a good word. We were riding in the back of our Suburban up the driveway, and uh, I forget what happened to instigate Howie insight howie to say from the back seat sucky sucky five dollar <laughs> no. it, it wasn't necessarily a swear word but just the combination <laughs> of words led to everybody rubbernecking in the car like snapping their head around well how old was he uh probably like seven eight so seven year old got a hold of full I, metal uh, jacket i think i was yeah like six or seven yeah Mo mom i'd never seen mom snap snap her neck around <laughs> oh the, uh, yeah he goes sucky like, oh. sucky five dollar i tried to play it off like i had no idea what i said i knew <laughs> <laughs> who showed you full metal jacket bro I didn't, it wasn't so it wasn't even from the Grand movie Theft someone Auto. no i think someone said sucky sucky five dollars cool. sounded funny, how he's so, like a but, one of those birds that repeats things like exactly yeah it's sick i carved my initials into the into a partition of a bathroom outside art class in fifth grade and then when they looked at the roster of who was in art class they figured it out pretty quickly i lied and said nah that wasn't me and i had two accomplices who 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 carved their initials in and then um i told them like as we were passing the hallway like 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 lie i made a clear yeah, yeah, lie yeah. and then i went to the principal and confessed without telling them <laughs> no you did not dude <laughs> what the i was like hey uh my bad hand up this was me um and i i uh let me know what i can do to rectify you the snitched? situation uh, no i i just yeah, change uh, heart. I, I admitted to it without a dry snitch telling my people and so now's the time in the pod where kyle uh had a great idea kyle the we do a layup line here as you know and you picked the song today what's it gonna be uh i hope you dance when you get the choice to sit it out or dance i hope you dance
Mm. Yeah, so today is, um, I don't know who sings I Hope You Dance. Who well, we all know the words, the main ones at least. You know, but mm-hmm. Macon's going dancing. Macon's going dancing for like a month and a half. He's, he's, right. he's taking this break that I hope y'all you heard still about. feel this small is- when you stand beside the ocean. Yeah. I hope that when one door closes, closes. I hope that one more opens. He yeah. is going to the ocean too. Yeah, maybe. I mean, let's not get too specific about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> studio, uh, studio vacation. It's like it's like a dozen shows. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. It'll be, um, it'll be, it'll be a good thing. I what I wish for you is that you have uh, you have laughers next to you. You know. No, they, I mean, look, this guy's got it covered here. He's- I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a silent laugher. I, I think I think Studio J will be um, filled with uh, joy laughter make we wanted to give you some like some summer reading some because you're going you're going to be back in july so people are going to hear making in july imagine i'm your middle school teacher okay and i'm giving you some stuff you need to do we're giving you some stuff you need to do and some of these uh, works of art you need to come back and report on i'll go first i want you to actually listen to dark side of the moon okay like start to finish and that's an album that's an album and i know you do the Jimi hendrix joke all the time but you know like it's usually funny but lately i've been like god damn just go listen to the project you know which is um nobody say it pink floyd yes dude it's pink floyd so i was gonna so say you, def leopard but that so, didn't sound yeah. right at all jack nicklaus Jack Jack Nick Laos. Shout out to Billy Football. Jesus, Billy. But but I, I want you to listen to that album start to finish. So there, okay. there's one. How long does that take? Like 43 minutes or oh, something. Oh, no problem. How long is the album? Actually? Listen to Wish You Were Here while you're there, too. Uh, you're such an Anglophile. I'd like to hear you learn a British accent and come back with it for the show. Okay. Easy money because the Downton, the next, the, the, the most recent Downton movie comes out May the 20th. I'll be in theaters May the 20th. You're going to go to the movie theater to see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mast and all that. Oh, <laughs> And we had a couple, uh, another couple British movies we wanted you to watch. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Okay. Mm-hmm. Snatch. Snatch. Yeah. Have you seen Snatch? I had the DVD uh, as a youngster, so I, I think I have. I'd like you to go listen to John Craigie. It's another musician. You like the last musical artist that I suggested? Jamestown Revival. That's awesome. right. I am... I'm like 60-40% that you'll like this guy. He is singer-songwriter, but also includes a lot of comedy in his live stuff. So I think it'll be a little interesting. I'd like to hear what you... Uh, I'll send you a couple songs to start. I'd like to hear what you think. So wait, you hit it on like a shuffle, and sometimes you get a stand-up routine, and other times <laughs> you get songs? He mixes it into his live musical... Oh, so like wow. a lot of his stuff is live on Spotify. I'm intrigued. That sounds yeah. like something I would not like, but I'm intrigued. That's that's the forty percent. But okay. yeah, I, I I think you'll like his music. Okay, this is He's great. I want you to um, consume some Abella Danger. Okay, is that drugs? No, it's yes. a it's yes. a it's an yes. art, an artist. Okay, yep. slash drugs. I should just Google the name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a popular search engine online that will turn up some results for her. Okay. Oh, her. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you should choose a day of the week to get into weed. Maybe try to take some edibles. You like think you might Tuesday. take it? Would you take an edible over this time? No. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. No, that, that just doesn't seem appealing. I got um, something for you. Okay. Yeah. I want you to watch 
at least three Mr. Beast videos. Okay. I remember this from years past. Marketing genius he is. Um, okay. I don't, I, I'll YouTube? do the same. I have no YouTube. idea. Okay. Oh. Is this the cat no. I look like? A little bit. You okay. do have some similar. Ladies, they're white. Yes. Yeah. And skinny. <laughs> no, not just because of that. You don't look like Mr. Beast. Chris doesn't look like he Mr. Beast. He looks like a white guy, though, and so does Mr. Beast. <laughs> I got bad news. I got bad news for you, Kyle. So, like, like, like you're a, not white. Like I got a bad white news. guy. Like, you're clear. You're, you're clear, right? I'm pretty tan. Larry's not white. Larry's yeah. clear. I'm yeah. not saying I'm not white. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not white. I'm saying there are guys that look like white guys, and Macon is a white guy. Um, <laughs> Whatever you say. I enjoy raw dogging life. Like, okay. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I like life is suffering as the the scripture will tell you and I'm here for it you guys like alcohol. are you going to seminary maybe uh-huh. dog if you come back as like a, you know like a, a, a father a, a father not your yeah. Libre. if you come back as a father that would blow my top dude if you walked in this door like hey Chris I'm gonna let you know I've chosen another path how quickly well maybe not yeah i i haven't chosen a different one i'm just you know two paths converge at once yellow wood there's a river running through it he's traveling the eightfold path maybe i'll i'll take some online courses that's a good idea can you learn a language while you're gone british i need you to learn a love language i'm gonna okay like an actual one that people can relate to you like as a human being acts of service is is my love language um I would say medit- give an attempt at meditation. That's a good idea. Yeah, I, that really I have given an attempt, and I'd like to give more attempts. I That's gave a it an reminder. elementary attempt uh, the other day at meditation, and I think I didn't. I think I succeeded because I tried. Right. Uh, I think it's an enjoyable thing. Keep a journal, not necessarily something that you write in paragraphs a day, but if you think of things, write them down. Okay. It's good to write things down. Okay. I know always, and I know then every on, morning, repeat I, the prayer. God, I, give me the serenity. I know you're on the phone a lot, right? You're on the phone a lot. It's nice yeah. to like write shit down and see your handwriting. Yeah, I like writing. Yeah, I like writing with pencils. I get the tip really flat. Get a carpenter pencil. Yo, you know what's oh, crazy? That's a good idea. I just got an old school pencil sharpener the other day, like an electric. That'd be a nice parting gift. Electric pencil sharpener. Oh, I thought you were going to say one of those like bro, on the desk in the glue. <laughs> And like <laughs> taking out the the little shred pieces. Is it made by Boston? Three mm. M. Mm. I could tell you, but hey, um, makes will you write for the newsletter a little bit while you're gone? Yeah, if we send you movies and like little things to watch in your travels, like maybe you could write a little review on the newsletter. Greenlightpodcast.com. No. Okay. No. Okay. No. So I have an announcement. Yeah. Um, I so I left the group chat a few minutes ago. Okay. And I and I um <laughs> I, with, that makes sense. With, no, I I said um uh, now y'all take care of yourselves. Yeah. And I'll talk to you real soon. Now you and I hadn't discussed my uh, leaving the group chat, but I think that would you know um really reinforce the 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 hard reset. You know I'm just gonna come back with a hey with when a it comes fire to the, hey, we're doing a segment for your send off, but when it comes to the group text, the no need to announce the departure. You know it's like a it's like an airport. Although they do announce the departures there yeah now uh, try to take your shoes off and and get your bare feet on the ground as much as possible okay can you go to the beach shirtless yeah you're gonna be at the these beach these are simple i'm giving you try to give you would you ride things. a horse <laughs> can you ride a horse while you're gone um parasailing. I, hey hey okay. bonus. No, it's nice parasailing. To parasailing. Bonus. parasailing over hey. to horses 
I, here's yeah, the deal. I, I, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Parasailing sounds really dangerous. That motherfucker might float away. What? The horse is dangerous. The horse is dangerous, sure, but you're you know, only if you're riding uh, that you fall horse into the water the and you have a you have a you and have you're a tied to a bunch of ropes. Here's what I want sink. you to do. I I want you to listen to the next pod, okay? Okay. Can you do that? Like this one or Our the podcast. next one? No, this? the next one. The next one. Okay. This would be this one. The next one would be the one. That, Let's here not we go, go again. down that road again. This is the uh, holy shit. Yeah, holy shit is right. Uh, so, you want me to type this out on a typewriter? The ne the next pod. Can okay. you listen to it? And we're gonna give you a list of of. Uh, it's like a scavenger hunt, and there's gonna be money involved. You're gonna make more money depending on the things you do. But you. Oh, that's a good one. So I didn't cuss. But you know that shredded money you would get at like a carnival or something, yeah. be fake in a little bag or something. Yeah. I decided to make my own shredded money. And so I, I ripped up a $1 bill and then I, I came home and I showed it felony. to my dad and my dad flipped out and he's not a flip out guy. So there probably started my obsession with money, I would say. You think? Yeah. When you were a kid? Oh, this yeah, when got you were a real kid. Big I, complex. I, I was like six. Yeah. So, so let's use that for content like yeah. we're gonna throw you some rewards based upon what you hear on the next pod if you yeah, know we'll cool, give cool, you a little cool. scavenger I, um you know i don't really believe in 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 money or or really any other social construct mm. but I'll, I'll yeah i'll play along interesting um, what's I, that uh, from how do you sell houses what's oh that? no no that is that is holy like <laughs> that's pro bono fulfilling Bitcoin? gratifying um no, I mean the the compensation in real estate is is you know the hug at the closing table, facts. You know, um, that is new. You hug to each me. other while sitting at a table, yeah, like you, next to each other or across the table. Yeah, we stand up from the table, you know, like and chairs hug, and like, shit. Big cap, <laughs> super cap. That means, that means he, 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 big yeah, cap. Damn, forty years old. That means you're fronting. Hey, uh, making any last words before you go on your hiatus? Yeah, peace. Yeah. Have a good day. Okay, y'all take care of y'all. Thank you, man. I, I love y'all very much. Hope you love dance. Love. love you. Hope you and, dance. Hey, love if, you, if, if, um, if, you Try know. Try acid. You know, here, here's what I will say in parting. You know, this, this place means a lot to me, and I can't imagine what it would be like to try to solve a murder before DNA evidence. You know, you call the sheriff over. Oh, my God. And, just leave. And you say, hey, hey, just leave. Just go. Say, hey, chief. Uh, there's a pool of the killer's blood over here. Just leave, dude. And the chief's going to say, oh, gross. Let me get back to my hunch. You know? Making, and I, you, you just, said last show that everybody has jokes. Not all of them are good ones. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Reed. Much love. You're like Jimbo Fisher over there. You were waiting for this. Making, have a good one. Bye-bye. We love you. <laughs> it's pretty easy talking football in the green light pod. I feel pretty good about that. Knowledge level, 9 out of 10, at least. Some days, 10 out of 10. Compare it, or contrast it rather, with my ability to code a website, to design a website, to execute a website, to put it out into the World Wide Web, I'm like a 0 out of 10. And we need a website at the Green Light Pod. Can't just do football segments. So that's where somebody like Fiverr comes in. You know, we found the people that executed all those tasks on Fiverr, real life. That's what happened. And this was my first time batting a thousand and we love it. The website's awesome. It's live and it's powered by Fiverr. Uh, here are the, the great things about Fiverr. You can find 
what you're looking for instantly. It's easy. Customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You know what you're paying for up front, and that's what I like. No negotiation needed. Pricing is always project-based, not hourly. I like that too, 24-7 customer service. Reach out with questions anytime, anywhere. You can find a freelancer with specific skills you need for your next project. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code GREENLIGHT. Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code GREENLIGHT. Again, it's Fiverr.com, code GREENLIGHT. I feel like uh, my only son just went to college. It's fucking lonely. It's like now we got to start partying. The kids are all off to, to school. Macon went to school for six weeks. He'll be in... What's the name of that town? He didn't want us to dox his location. It's actually a South African beach is where he's going. And he was like, don't tell people where I'm going. He thinks there's going to be throngs of people outside like, like Jordan in the last dance in Europe. Actually, South African beach. I think he's going to a South African beach. I think it's the one that Akon's building, right? You should be worried he's about fucking sharks. Look, he's getting the first look at Akon's town. That's fu- that's Akon's the man, too, by the way, for everything he's doing in Africa. And then also, we're empty nesters now. Macon's gone for a few weeks. I think he should jump in the shark cage. There you go, Make. I know you're probably not listening. Uh, but we're going to find out if Macon's listening. I'm going to troll the fuck out of him, like inbounds trolling, like, you know, uh, in accordance with the, uh, the Greenpeace Treaty uh, of 2022, where we, we said we're not going to do X, Y, and Z to each other. I'm going to make sure that he's listening to the pod by dropping certain fucking Easter eggs in this motherfucker for Macon. So um, I will miss Macon. We will miss Macon. But everybody needs a break. In fact, I'm plotting on a break soon. Just to, to give you all a little heads up, that's not going to change. The show's not going to stop coming on. But uh, I'm trying to bank a couple interviews. So when I go to Montana, I can take, you know, maybe a day off or a week off. First Speak- in the history of the show. Speaking of banked interviews, you had a great one with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell is a guy I really respect. I said that earlier in the pod. I mean, like, known him since Miami. Uh, you know, he was this guy at Miami that I was like, wait, they're playing that center where? I was like, they're playing him at a three technique, huh? And watching him kind of grow into his body, because we were all growing into our bodies, right, in college, like, he had to fill that frame out, and then we'd go to, like, ACC Media Day, and I remember sitting in the hotel room just rapping with, with Calais and all those guys, like, uh, Demario Presley, um, I think, you know, we were, actually, I think we were at the Playboy All-American thing a whole year before the pros. I think we we went the summer uh, before our senior seasons out to Arizona. That's where I first met James Laronitis. And I met Calais Campbell there too and all those guys and Tommy Blake and some of those legends. It's a names. great picture of all you guys. Yeah, it's a great picture, dude. It's an iconic picture. It's an iconic picture because you know what it is? Like in football, we get really tight. You know, we all meet each other, even guys on different teams, we all connect and you come out in the same draft class. And then over the years, like you look at that fucking list of guys and you're like, there's very few of us at left. At the top, there's like that list of 32 guys yeah. that you follow very closely. Yeah, or just guys that you ran into on the circuit, on a banquet circuit or whatever. Me and Glenn Dorsey meeting at his all the awards he won I came to support him uh Glenn Dorsey who's a fucking legend dude Go one, Tigers. one of the coolest guys ever Glenn Dorsey uh James Laronitis won awards we we all got to know each other on those circuits uh and then over the years it kind of like the list chops down and down and you're like damn there's only a couple of us left Cliff retired 
And we were like, damn, we lost one. And then I retired. And then, like, you look up and you're like, Tuba Rubin's not in the league anymore. Like, holy shit, like, who's left in that draft class? We're not just talking D Lyman. I don't know how many guys are left, period, from that class. And Calais Campbell going into year 15, continuing to not only be a really good player on the field, but also a fucking legend off the field. Walter Payton, man of the year. I took a lot of pride. And honestly, even more so now looking back on the fact that I got to walk him that award because we came from the same little pocket, ACC football, 2008. And now this guy, I'm looking at this dude, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. So it's really cool. It's, it's deeper than just, you know, football sometimes. We've been around each other for a long time, guys that were in the same class. And so I'm really happy for Clayus and psyched he came on the pod. Did you ever play him, Kyle? Um, I did in the Pro Bowl. I played him in Arizona. And he, the thing that stood out to me was how kind of a guy he was yeah. throughout the whole week. And then when you play, it's evident that this guy who was uh, at the time an 11-year veteran, an all-pro, uh, he's there and he's going hard. He he went inside, uh, overhand swim on me inside, and uh, my hand got caught up in the wave that was his chest. And I dislocated two of my outside fingers. They're curled up here. Yeah, that's a uh, Calais Campbell injury. It's a, this is the time I touched Calais Campbell in the NFL. Okay, so this finger, Mark A. Chapman, 13 years old, broke my finger playing basketball. Matt, you remember Mark A. Chapman? I do, and let the record show both these guys are holding up really weirdly angled fingers. Yeah, right my now. left finger's really messed up. And then, you know, I've got obviously my Troy Ooh. Smith fingers where I sacked Troy Smith and landed with my fingers open and under him, like, boom, candlestick park. So there, there's a Troy Smith finger. Yeah. And then my wrist, obviously, the fucking hardware in here is Marshawn. So it's pretty funny. We do collect a little bit of hardware from each other. And you remember this who This is was. Chris Jones. That's Chris Jones. Yeah, right. And that, the, the neck is Blake Martinez. So my neck is some guy, I don't know his name. He played for the Texans. This I didn't guy catch fucking his collects name, Pokemon like Nate, and he broke my neck. You got your neck broke by a guy who is collecting yeah. Pikachus. Yeah. So shout out to Blake. Yeah. Blake Martinez should be a pro bowler. But he's, yeah. he's one of those guys that unfortunately, he just makes 200 tackles, leads the defense, and nobody... He no, was in New York is. last year? Yep. Yeah, and he was so in that, Green Bay that, when he broke yeah. my neck. Yeah. All right, so here's Calais Campbell, and then stick around for more with Kyle, Dr. Fax, Howie Jr., and Chris. No question. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, New York, Michigan, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I got great news for you. New users can take advantage of WinBet's Bet 50, win 200. That's right. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Okay, I got somebody from the 2008 draft class here, and somehow he's still playing football. This is just incredible. He's one of the most amazing football players that I've ever seen play because not only is he still doing it, he's a Hall of Famer in my book, uh, but he's also six foot eight in there with the little guards and short people, and he's swimming them and he's he's ripping under them, and I just never seen anything like it. So, Calais Campbell, welcome to the show, dude. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate you. You know, we we go way back, man. So this is a way back. It's always a pleasure. Way way back, dude. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, 
I just the last time we saw each other was probably the maybe it was on the field when you got the Walter Payton Man of the Year, but. I can remember after you won the award, which they do a really good job of keeping close to the vest. You know, you won the award, you needed a ride back to the hotel. My wife and I and you in, a, in an SUV for 45 minutes, just kind of you soaking it in, being Walter Payton Man of the Year. What's that feel like? How was that? Yeah, man, it was a good, it's a good feeling. You know, I tell you, um, you know, you don't really do anything for a, a, a reward or anything like that. You do it for the kind of see your heart. You want to help people. Uh, but then you know you start seeing people get the get the award, you know, and seeing everybody uh, how prestigious it is. And so after you know a couple of years of being nominated and not getting it, I was like, man, you know, it'd be cool to get this bad boy. You know, I feel like it just what it represents. You know, I want to be a part of. And so um, you know when I heard my name called and got up there, man, that was a really good feeling. You know, I think that is the most prestigious award in all the sports. And for me to be able to have my name attached to it, you know, that's a really good feeling. Dude, that was, that's awesome, and they really do. You didn't know it until you get it, right? You didn't know until yeah. that night that you were winning the award, right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know until, like, I mean, really halfway through the show, and I wasn't even sure yet, because Peyton Manning, you know, he kind of gave me a little a little nudge and was like, I'm hearing good things, you know? So I was like, you know, kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit, you know, yeah. but then I was like, okay, gave me a chance to, you know, you know, to get my, you know, to kind of really process my thoughts, you know, because they told me, like, kind of to, uh, to prepare if I, uh, you know, if I won, have something ready, you know, that I can go there and say, but, you know, when you go through that process, it's like, okay, I'm just, you know, you ain't, it's not really as passionate, but then when you find out like, oh, wow, I might really win this bad boy. It's like my, and my mom was just racing. That's the hard thing, right? In the speech, like you're a winner, but you you want to be humble. It's like the, the least humble thing ever is to like, is to write your acceptance speech and you haven't necessarily won yet, but you got to do it anyways. I went through that. It was like, it's like, man, it's hard to write this out, but you're right. As soon as you know, the emotions kind of take over. Yes, sir. Yes, they do, man. It's a great feeling. Um, I had Unique uh, on last week and not only does he speak really highly of you as a mentor and as like a dude, obviously, but he wants to be Walter Payton Man of the Year, and he said, I want to be Walter Payton Man of the Year like Calais Campbell. So it's really cool to see a younger player, and it also makes me feel old that now, like a guy like you or a guy like me, we're like the OGs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he was definitely talking about you like you were a big vet down in Jacksonville. What's it mean to mentor guys like, and yeah, it's a funny word to use because Tannehill got in trouble using this word last, last week. What does it mean to be a vet to a younger player? I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, so I remember when I was a young buck and I was talking to some of the older players and he's like, I got to protect my pension. So I got to make sure I show you the ropes, you know, teach you the game. And so, you know, I always appreciated, you know, the the mentality of of uh, just trying to keep the game strong, you know, make sure that the, the young players when they come in, they understand the way of life in the NFL. And so, um, you know, I mean, I've always took great pride in just helping people. I mean, that's just who I am as a nature. I mean, that's, you know, you know, part of the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing is that yeah. we just, you know, just, you know, just my whole life I've been raised and brought up in a, a manner where we help the people next to us, around us, our neighbors. And so, um, you know, and, and we depend on them as well, you know, when we need help. So, you know, it's just a family atmosphere. And so we get to the NFL and start playing the, the game I love, which the reason why I love it is because it's about brotherhood. Yeah. It's about, you know, that family atmosphere, that connection that, you know, we all got to, you know, do our individual jobs at a high level to not let the person next to us down. And so for me, man, you know, I just, I see these young guys come in with potential and, you know, just, I just, I just want to help them, you know, develop, help them nurture. So, you know, I'm always, 
you know, in their ears, you know, telling them, you know, how they can get better, things they need to work on, what I see, trying to help build their confidence, you know, the things that I think that are necessary for young players to develop, you know, now, you know, if a guy's going to be a good player, he's going to be a good player, you know, I mean, like I said, a dog's going to be a dog, you know, Yeah. Um, but if I can help him, you know, kind of just reach his full potential faster, or even just, you know, give him a little bit of a boost at an earlier age, you know, I feel like, um, you know, it allows us all to be better on the team. So, you know, I, you know, I just I take great pride in it. But also, I just want to, you know, see you guys do well. You know, I see now we're in year 15. You know, I got a lot of young bucks who are now, you know, old heads themselves. You wow. know? Yeah. A lot of my young bucks, you know, uh, I was training with my guy, Marcus Golden. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah. How old is Marcus now? Yeah, he's, I think he's uh, 29, but Jeez. he's in year uh, he's in year uh, eight, going to year eight this year. And now people look up to him like he's the, the old head in the locker room. And, uh, you know, he was, we were just kind of, you know, just, he was just having a good laugh how quickly, you know, uh, that, that wisdom comes to you, you know, yeah. you know, guys looking up to you. Especially now in the NFL, like, shoot, I remember when I was in St. Louis, I always tell this story that when I was, I was year seven or eight, uh, and at this point, I think you were in Jacksonville, maybe uh, around 2014, but, you know, we were the, the older guys because the CBAs changed so much, they were trying to get vets out. So, like, you, you don't have veterans in the locker room as much. So for somebody to play 15 years in the NFL is, is unbelievable. Somebody to play 8, 9, 10 years in the NFL is unbelievable these days, especially at a high level. Like, um, I remember my parking spot was one of the two closest parking spots to the building at 30 years old in St. Louis. So when I got in the league, probably a lot like you in Arizona, you had all those vets, right? You had a bunch of 30 plus year old guys that doesn't exist anymore. So not only is it important for you to, to, to mentor people or whatever you want to call it, but like, if it ain't you, it might not be anybody, right? There's nobody yeah. that's seen 13, 14, 15 years in the NFL anymore. So I think it's really cool. Like, what about a guy when he's not, when he's not receptive to being mentored? Are you, have you ever had that, that issue? Oh yeah, all the time. You know, I mean, sometimes you know, I mean, it really comes on like to like these you know young rookies. They come in, you know, guy tell me I'm gonna take your job. You know, you're supposed to. That's the way. I, I want you, you to think that way. Good. You know, if you don't have that mentality, you have no chance. I promise you that right yep. now. Yeah. You know, you gotta come in with the mentality that you would take my job one day. Now, you know, you know, unlucky for you is I'm really good at my job. You know, so as hard as you want to work, I'm gonna work harder. You know, and but I'm but I'm, but the thing about it though is is that same guy. I still, every single time I got a chance to teach him something, I taught him something, you know, and even though he was reluctant at first, because he was like, you know, man, we do the competition. I was like, as much as you think I'm the competition, I'm really not, you know, I mean, if, if you could be as good as me on the field, this team is going to be a whole lot better. If you could be better than me, this team is going to be a whole lot better. I, I had some young, some young guys who just, you know, you know, people that just want to do it themselves sometimes, you know, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I feel like everybody learns different. You know, you can't you can't help everybody the same. And so a lot of times, you know, with those guys who kind of want a little more independency, you know, uh, I, I just try, I, I help less, but I try to help them more outside of football. You know, if you don't yeah. want football help, man, there's still a lot of things you need to learn, you know, especially how to take care of your money, how to take care of your body, how to watch tape. So, you know, that's some stuff that, you know, that you ain't got to be about football all the time, too. So. Uh, how to manage your family. That's another That's one too, the just, truth, you know. dude. Like the off the field shit. Because a lot of times these young guys are afraid to go to the coaches and afraid to go to people in the facility because, you know, like ultimately those are the people paying them. So there's a conflict of in interest there. You know, so it's nice to have somebody who's on your team that can help you navigate those waters. You know what I mean? Because that's the most complicated stuff I feel like for a 22 year old guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, all that stuff takes away from football. And like, you know, you only get a small window to be really, really good at football. 
So, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm really on top of these guys about just, you know, managing their, their, you know, the outside world so they can, you know, dedicate themselves the best they can to football if they want to. You know, some people don't take football that seriously. Do, you know, do, that's your prerogative. Do you think that this generation's any different than ours? Like, what do you think the biggest difference is? I mean, it's funny. We're old enough now to say this generation. Do you think they're any different? Do you think social media has changed people? Do you think, like, the the I, the training camps or the lack thereof two-a-days, like, do you think that stuff changes stuff? Yes, yes. I think, uh, you know, uh, kids come in with a brand. They already, you know, and it's going to be even different now with NIL money. But, you know, before that part of it came, you know, came about just having the social media brand and the following. I mean, a lot of these kids, you know, have had, you know, tens of thousands of followers since they were, you know, middle school. Right. You know, and then like the real superstars, they come in with this mentality that, you know, like, you know, that I'm a brand. It's just bigger than just, you know, me trying to be a good football player. I'm trying to, you know, project the you know, future. And like, you know, that was one of the conversations I had with uh, with Jalen Ramsey when he was the young buck. You know, uh, he understood his level of brand. And, you know, it wasn't really even like something that was a negative thing because I understand you know, how your brand can help you in so many ways yeah. after football and even in football. And so, you know, we had to have an understanding and the communication that, you know, I, but, but I realized that, you know, because a lot of guys come in with that same mentality of like trying to get my brand, but they didn't have the work. You know, with Jalen, he worked. He still was going to work really hard to be the very, very best. He was motivated to be the best corner in, in sport, you know, in football. So, you know, we had a good understanding and we had, a, you know, a, you know, uh, a good relationship, though. But he did rub some people in, in the building. You know, uh, I remember a couple when he was a rookie. You know, I wasn't there yet. I, got, I came in in 2017. So, and, you know, his rookie was still at 16. But when I got there, everybody was like, man, you got this one guy, you know, where, you know, he just, you know, he's, he's he, you know, he, he thinks he's the guy already. Um, you know, and I was like, okay, you know, let me talk to this man, just get a feel for him myself. Cause I don't like to go off anybody's, right. you know, opinion of people just cause you know, you don't really get that. You can't get an authentic response. I and mean, that's rooted in their experiences. So I go up to him and I'm talking to him and I realized that man, he's hungry. You know, he's hungry to be the very, very best. So like the little things that people have issues with, we can adjust, we can, we can make that work. You know, I try to get him to come along on a couple of those things. But at the end of the day, you know, he's not going to hurt us. <laughs> he's yeah. going to help us win football games. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we just had to kind of get to understanding. And, you know, one thing for sure is he respected me, which went a long way because I think there were some people in the locker room who tried to get him to do things that he didn't respect and that didn't go the, the right way. So, right. you know, everybody couldn't talk to him a certain way, but we had a good relationship. Uh, but, you know, you learn quick, though, that, you know, like the, the, the football was changing. You know, these young guys came in with, you know, with, with, with the brand and a certain level of confidence that I felt like wasn't the case back when we were young just because of social media and the ability to, you know, and technology as a whole, you know, I mean, they're more skilled too. I mean, people learn how to, you know, you know perfect their skills because of technology, you know, watching tape on yourselves and all that yeah. stuff, I mean, you know, being able to reach people and get the best coaching, you know, we didn't have that, you know, when I was young, you know I mean? Yeah, these camps are crazy. <laughs> like, they're, they're like professionally run camps. I mean, it's insane. Now, I don't know about all the coaching at every single camp, because that's the one thing, like, you could do a lot more, but be coach shitty and build bad habits, but a lot of these kids are really polished, bro, which is another thing, it's hard to project, like, when somebody's really polished, how high their ceiling is. You know, like, I like a guy who's got a little bit of work to do. Like, I'm looking at this kid from Oregon, right, uh, Thibodeau. I don't think he's that polished. I'm not down in the kid. I just don't think he's gotten a hold of, like, a, a great coach yet. And I think, like, somebody like that has a, 
a high ceiling because there's room to grow. But a lot of these kids have been kind of coached to the point where I'm like, what else could I get out of them? But that's really interesting you said that about Jalen because he's one of my favorite players. And the thing I love about him is he has like a D-line mentality, in my opinion. Like he, he loves to come down and tackle. He loves to put his nose in there. He loves to be physical. And he's also an agitator. Like I noticed oh, that yeah. right off the bat. He <laughs> likes to get in people's heads. Give me a great, I mean, we, we know some of the Jalen getting in people's head stories. Like what, what makes him tick that way with the mental game? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that's, that's part of his his greatness. I think he's you know studied the great players. I think he has a little bit of Jordan mentality, where I'm gonna talk trash to you from the very first play and let you know that you can't get open on me. You can't you can't do nothing against me. And then you know it, when they start getting you know when, you know the ball will come their way and uh, he starts getting ahead a little bit more and more. You know he, he brings it up another level and mm-hmm. they, I mean, they lose that cool. You know I I, I mean you know. People you thought would never lose that cool too. Like, you know, I mean, I AJ. remember like, yeah, the AJ Green situation, you know, like that was wild to me because he was just such a cool, calm, collected person. Yeah, dude. But like, you know, I mean, we, 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 we all alpha males, you know, we want to be the very, very best, you know, nothing, you know, no, nobody can stop me. And then when you got to get in that mentality, well, okay, now I'm getting worked a little bit. And then I talk of trash, yeah. you know, uh, you definitely get to that level where, you know, he could take out your game, get you worried about him more so than making plays. And no question. No question. Yeah, genius, you know, man, hey, I, I, you know, he was one of my favorite teammates for that very reason, you know, that I knew that I could count on him to do his job at a high level. You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't, I ain't had to worry about him not one time. What would it have took to keep that Jacksonville thing together? Because I, you know, I think about the D line we had in St. Louis, and we broke up, and like, you know, y'all had this really special group, and you know, I still think about our group. Do you think back about that group? It's not to say you don't enjoy where you are now, but what a fucking amazing group of young rushers, and then you with the veteran leadership. You had Malik, you had Unique, you had Fowler, you had a bunch of dudes that could really get after the quarterback and really good players at every level of defense too, right? Because you had uh, yeah. you had Jalen, you had uh, good good linebacker play, like really fast backers. How fun was that? And why did it break up? And like, what could have kept it together? Do you think it could still be together in some alternate universe? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I feel like uh, sometimes you know, and this is you know, you know, obviously, I mean, everybody who was in the front office there is gone now. This is one of those situations where. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, we tried to get younger, tried to get, you know, a little more explosive, and we lost some really good leaders. And, um, you know, on that defense, you know, we had Miles Jack and we had uh, Tuffin Smith, or the linebacker play, who went sideline to sideline, and they were explosive, but we also still had Puds. And Puds only played on rundowns, but he he brought, like, so much more to, to the whole team with just the way he prepared and the way, you know, everybody respected him. And he wasn't like a big vocal guy. He wasn't going to do any rah-rah speeches or anything like that. But the way he just carried himself, it was a walking example for everybody. And when things got to a level where he needed to say something, he always said the the right thing. And, you know, so we losing him, that would hurt, you know. We also lost Mercedes Lewis, who Mm -hmm. was the only person that was there the whole time. And he was the most respected person in the whole building. You know, I think, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, no matter who it was, if you need to talk to the coach, the front office, you need to talk to the owner, you know, like Mercedes was a guy that had the respect for everybody in the building. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, we ended up losing him. You know, we went to Austin Safaris Jenkins. And, um, you know, I mean, I get, I get that they're trying to get younger, more explosive and all that good stuff and trying to, you know, make some more plays. But 
you lose a guy, you know, those two guys that just had the respect of the whole locker room. And even though we were super, super talented, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Mercedes was the guy who was the vocal guy in the locker room, you know, and then I came in and added that part of it as well for, you know, for defense and really for the whole team. But it was a nice complimentary you know, piece. But when, you know, we, we uh, lost in those 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 guys who just they were the, the OGs and the generals and we lost a couple other guys. I think we, uh, you know, we went from having like eight guys that were over 30 to having two. Right. And so that one really hurt, you know, because we just got so young and then, you know, we were so talented that, you know, you think winning would conquer everything. And we got off to a fast start that next year. And then, Remember, y'all you know, beat New England, uh, right? You beat New England yeah, at home and you beat the England. brakes off them. And I remember sitting there thinking, holy shit, that wasn't a fluke up there in Foxborough because y'all should have won that game. If the fumble, yeah. dude. Remember the yeah, fumble? Miles Jack was not down. He was not That's down. Still, so you, we would have played each other in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, man. I was sitting in, I was, thing. dude, I was sitting in the office getting ready. Like, you know, they got the little, like, training room office, and I'm getting taped. And, like, you know, you kind of watch the game, but you're not supposed to just sit there and watch the game. And I remember sitting in there during that play, and I was so mad because I would have rather played y'all. Like, not that y'all were worse. I think our offense would have had their hands full. But I felt like that would have been a, a, you know, kind of a rock fight, like a like a yeah. physical defense-dominated D-line game. And it would have been cool because it's two teams who never who never won a Super Bowl before competing. You right. know? So, you know, you know, and I, I, you know, I rooted for you guys. You know, I wanted you to win, even though, yeah. you know, I respect, you know, uh, the Patriots. And, you know, I mean, Tom Brady's the best player to ever play this game. You know, you yeah. just kind of, you know, just you're in awe every time you see him play. You know, when play against him, you know, it just makes me bring my A game. I, you know, I love it. And he's on the schedule this year, too, so I can't wait to play against him. You know, but uh, just out of respect, you know, it's the best in, in the history of the game. Who do you I think retires first, you or Tom? <laughs> hey, I, I thought it was gonna be him, but I just do not know, man. man just keep chugging along. Hey, dude. Hey, but honestly, it might be you if if you can get the bag like him out of football. Like, if you can get that bag, do you ever think about doing uh, media stuff? See, I do. I do think about doing media stuff. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, I mean, it's how it goes. You know, nature of the position, nature of you know, just who you are. You know, I'm not getting thirty seven million dollars out the gate. No, none of us are, dude. Here, I'm doing a fucking podcast, okay? So, you... but but I will definitely do some kind of media at some level, somewhere. You know, and uh, and I would, you know, who knows? I want to get on the TV shows. I might even, you know, try to do try my hand at uh, play by play. You know, see how it goes. You know, I don't know awesome. how good I'll be, but you know, it'll be fun to try, dude. That'll be awesome. And then also, I had to ask you because you know, when I read about you coming back for your 15th season, the Players Tribune deal. Um, talk about the Super Bowl and like I think you have a really interesting situation and my dad talks about this a lot because when he was young the Raiders went and won a Super Bowl okay so like you guys didn't get a chance to win it but you were there like your first year and he said he goes when I go back and talk to teams late in, you know like later in my life and I talk to teams full of young guys I'd say like you're getting ready to play in the Super Bowl you're getting ready to play in this big playoff game don't take it for granted because when you're young and you ro you roll in and this is the reality, you think, hey, this is the way it is. You know, like I'm gonna be here a lot. And so 15 years later, you're still chasing the dragon. You're trying to win one. Like, do you look back at that Arizona game and like when you guys lost that Super Bowl, did you realize how much that hurt? Or like, was that something that over time you were like, man, fuck dude, we had our one <laughs> shot and now I'm trying, you know what I mean? Like. Did you take it for granted at all? Or were you able to realize the magnitude of that situation? No, um, you know, to be honest, I, I mean, I took it for granted. You know, I figured that we'll be back there again the next year, you know, and 
I mean, I'm just not those little young kids. You know, we all heard, dude. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> you know, know anything, dude. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, the people did tell us, though. I remember, um, I think it was uh, Birch and Barry and AJ Wilson was like, man, this thing is rare. Yeah. You know, and they were both, you know, you know, 10 plus years. And they were like, man, you got to really embrace this because this is super, super rare. You know, in, in Arizona, where like nobody expected us to go to Super Bowl that year, let alone, you yeah. know, ever. And so, like, you know, we were, you know, everybody was just on like a high on this cloud nine, um, you know. But here I am in my mind thinking, yeah, I'm going to embrace this, you know. But, you know, I'm just not those little kid. And I'm like, yeah. It's hard. It's rare for y'all. It's hard. But, you know, yeah. we about to be doing this again next year, you know, and year, yeah. you know, year again. You know, just internally, you know, uh, just feeling like, yeah, nah, we, we you, know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a different breed. We're going to be, going, I'm going to Super Bowl every other year, like, you know, like Tom Brady does mm-hmm. in my mind. And, uh, you know, I mean, just kind of like, it seems like every year just compounds on like, on like that moment, just like not being able to really appreciate it the way I wanted to. And, you know, and, you know, you know, I feel like, you know, I've been a part of some really good teams that had, you know, so close to getting back there. And I played in two more championship games, been in the playoffs and, you know, you know, as a top seed, you know, or, you know, up there, you know, with a chance to win. And, you know, just every time it just hurts. It hurts really, really bad when you think about like, man, I was there. I had my opportunity. But, you know, what's kind of crazy is we had this guy, Anthony Levine, we call him Co-Cap. And I, I was, you know, I was sitting there dwelling on us not making the playoffs, you know, last year. And, like, you know, we lost six straight games. And I was just kind of like, you know, I was just frustrated. You know, I'm mad. And, I, you know, I remember talking to him like, man, like, you know, I worked so hard and I won a championship so bad. And, like, you know, just everything I want to go through, like, everything I've been through to try to get a championship. And I was just like, man, this is ridiculous. I like, you know, I feel like I'm getting parties, you know, really good teams and just get misfortune, bad luck, you know, because, you know, in 2015, Carson Palmer, you know, gets hurt and, you know, and, and, you know, you know, we got a chance to, I feel like win the Super Bowl that year, but then, you know, offense starts spreading out a little bit because of the injury. And, you know, and then defensively that affected us too, because we didn't play like we should have played, you know, I got to carry the team and we didn't, we didn't handle our business, you know, but that was, you know, just, I feel like it was bad fortune, even though I feel like you can't make your excuses, you got still. Yeah. I mean, the fumble, the the New England fumble, which you don't have to say it, I'll say it like. You know that that yeah. should have gone the other way. I mean, not yeah. necessarily the, the whole game, but you know, like there's a bunch of bad luck that you know a lot of times it's luck that gets you there. I mean, like there was so much luck involved in our Eagles run. There was so much luck involved in our Patriots run, and there's a lot of luck. I'll just say this as a guy who got lucky at the end of my career: it's a lot of luck in being a Super Bowl champion, dude. Like yeah. being a Super Bowl champion is cool, and I'm telling you, like we've known each other a long time. Like it's fucking cool, but it's also like I know that it was because I was a part of a team and it's just, it's just fate or it's just chance. Yeah. Like it's where I picked, what it's what I picked me. in free agency. It's what, you know, like it's, it's a million little factors that add up. So, you know, like, fuck, I want to see you win a Super Bowl too, but it's not some personal, uh, you know, like thing. It's not yeah. like some knock against the guy. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's, you just said it. There's so many things that have to go right or wrong. And that's the, that's the thing that, uh, you know, that I guess I found some solace in was just like, you know, I mean, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion or not Super Bowl champion, 
you know, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun playing football. You You've know, also and made a I lot of plays. A that I can be proud of. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it was definitely one of those things where, you know, I look, in, look myself in the mirror. It's like, man, you gave it your best shot. You yeah. know, like, could I have done more? Could I have done anything more? And, you know, you you know, you kind of think about, like, I could have tried to be a little more, I could have held guys a little more accountable. Could have tried to, you know, throw more events when we get together. You know, whatever we had to do to try to do something to build a little more chemistry in some years. But in the grand scheme of things, you know, like, I mean, I gave it my best shot. You yeah, know? and bottom line yeah. is the future's unwritten. We got maybe five more years of Calais Campbell. We got five more. T- <laughs> he's going to outplay Tom Brady. He's going he's gonna to keep going. I think it's really – I think your team's going to be pretty good this year. I think y'all went through a lot of shit last year with all those injuries, man. I mean, like, how bad was it when it was its worst? Oh, yeah. It was tough, you know. It was tough because, you know, you just keep riding, you know, next man up. Next man up. Yeah. All right, come on now. You know, yeah. and, we're, and we were deep. We had, you know, we're still winning games. But then when Lamar, you know, gets his, you know, gets his little injury, you know, he had a bone bruise on his ankle. And, you know, I mean, having something like that before, I knew it was going to be a couple of weeks, you know, and for, you know, for, for him missing games, it's like, man, yeah. Because even with all of the injuries we had, as long as you're the quarterback position, you got a chance to win. You know, and that's we still, you know, we fought hard. We lost four games by two points, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's just the nature. We had a chance to win games in the bit. We fought. And I think it builds character. And so for going forward for this year, I was like, man, like, you know, because I was, I was contemplating retirement. And then I was just thinking about like, okay, if I go back to the Ravens, and I guess what really kind of hurt me is if I don't go back and they win a Super Bowl and be sick. That's exa- that's why I came back in 2018 to the Eagles. Never would have played otherwise. I'm totally with you, dude. You know, so, um, but um, I, I just feel like the character that was being built last year, you know, when you have to go through that sign of adversity and nobody flinched, we just kept going forward, kept moving forward. You know, we never broke. I mean, every single game we were in it, you know, I mean, only, with the exception of Cincinnati, even when we had Lamar, we got blown up by Cincinnati twice, which is crazy. You know, I mean, that, that, that hurts. The two kids are good. Joe and Jamar are really good. And, yeah, and, and they, Boyd. They and, weren't going out everybody. No, it was just a bad day. You guys were really hurt that. The, the secondary was really good. The second time up. we were hurt, but the first time we weren't even hurt, and they blew us out. So well, like, I can't help I you. The that, first uh, one. That's something we got to address. Yeah. You know, we, that's going to be definitely something that, you know, when we in a locker room, and before we play those, before, before we play them, it's going to be a different yeah, kind what's of that si- back, Yeah, what's that intensity like Bengals week this year? Well, I mean, you know, it used to be the least, so – I think, you know, the intensity is the most against the Steelers. That's the most intensity you're going to have is against the Steelers. Yeah. And then against the Browns, because the organization used to be the Browns, there's a different level of intensity. I feel like it comes more from the from the offices, from the people outside of the actual, on the field. Right. Outside of the, outside of the locker room. Yeah, but you can see the intensity still there really, really tough because they're like, you know, I mean, we used to be them. So yeah. it's like a little bit of attention there. So Cincinnati was like that third level of intensity. You know, still division rival, but third level. Uh, but after getting, you know, stumped, you know, back to back, you know, uh, you know, games and, and you know, just kind of losing that not, in that way, because, you know, you, we lost the Steelers both games, too, but it was yeah. like close games without the wire. But, you know, I definitely feel like that's probably going to be the most intense game this season, just because I don't think anybody likes getting getting, you know, their ass whipped for lack of a better term. And. And just gonna sit there and smile, act like it's not a big deal. Like, nah, you know, I'm a man. You, you got to see me now, you know, at the very best of me. You know, that's what yeah. it should have been the second game. But you know, I mean, and, and they're a good team, so it's not like you know. I mean, I expect them to you know to be very competitive, and it's gonna be tough to beat them. But you know, as from from an intensity standpoint, the intensity better be through the roof. You know, I mean, you know, that's just out of pure respect. I remember back in um, twelve. You know, we get 
demolished. I'm talking about blown out back-to-back games against Seattle. Marshawn Lynch, you know, diving to the end zone, running for like yeah. 200 yards. Uh, just, I mean, back-to-back games. And so the next year, uh, we play them, and, you know, it was kind of like one of those things where it was like, uh, you know, check your manhood. You know, yeah, now it's a little bit different because, you know, we I don't think we were supposed to be the better team that in 2012, like we were this year, you know, according to everybody else. Uh, you know, but internally, you know, we feel like, man, this is crazy. Like, you got this team that just, just really just disrespected you on your, on your own Yeah, field. there's only one way to get that taste out of your mouth, and that's to see them again. And I, as a side note, I think the NFC West in the early 2010s was the most physical division I've ever played in. Uh, so, like, people, I don't think people realize. I think nobody, like, was, yeah, did too many West Coast games and shit. I don't know if they know. Man, that was it was a beautiful thing, man. The competition, you know, I mean, the people just take turns winning the division. It was it was a fun division to be part of. We man. missed our turn, fun. but we did make sure we beat. <laughs> we missed our turn to win the division, but we made sure we beat up on Seattle when we could in San Francisco. It's year fifteen. Take me inside, you know, the mind of a fifteen-year vet on a Monday morning. What the fuck does it feel like? Because I know what it felt like year eleven for me. I don't know what it feels like year fifteen. You're still playing inside. You're still playing a bunch of snaps. What's the grind like getting your body back? That's like almost a game within the game by Sunday. Yeah. It's a process. You know, I got a routine that worked for me, but it seems like every year I can add a little bit more to the routine. It's like, yo, this ain't enough. Yeah. It used to be enough, but I got to add something else because it's not enough. Uh, but I mean, it really starts Sunday after the game's over. Yeah. You know, I, I got to get into my little, like, you know, my normal deck boots. You know, I usually, uh, you know, sometimes I get a massage and IV uh, right after the game with the, my vitamin bags, trying to just rebuild my system. And then, you know, but it's just a process of, I got, you know, three uh, people that come to my house. Then I got, you know, the people in the building that I work with, you know, consistently, uh, you know, and I'm pretty much doing something. I'll probably put another, you know, two to four hours of, of some kind of treatment every single day. Uh, especially Monday, you know, Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday are going to be the days where it's like, you know, six hours, sometimes every more than day. Yeah. Of, you know, of doing body work stuff, you know, as far as like just not working out, but just like, you know, somebody working on my body or uh, doing some kind of machine, you know, uh, to try to get me into, you know, recovery mode uh, at the highest level. And then uh, by the time I get to like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it comes down to like two hours, you know, of doing something every day to try to get my body back right. But it's a sacrifice, man. You know, I mean, I got a little kid now, you know, and so uh, my wife, you know, we, you know, it's a sacrifice, man, you know, because I only got so many hours in a day, you know, we're at the building, you know, for a while. And then, uh, you know, when I get home, it's like, you know, I mean, I get a little time with the family, then it's back to body work. And so, it's, it, you know, it really comes more of a mental grind than it is a physical grind. Uh, but I have to go through that in order for my body to feel good enough, you know, to be able to go out there and perform at a high level. So, you know, but it's a sacrifice, you know, and I mean, I don't plan on doing this forever, you know, yeah. but uh, I got I got one more on me for sure. Uh, I signed a two-year deal because they needed they needed to for uh, cap purposes. Um, but, you know, I told them that I might want to play another year. I, I yeah. have no idea I'm going to go after the season. So, yeah. you know, it's just, I love the game so much that, you know, it's going to be that, that, that time when you choose to, to, to walk away is going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough choice. And so I'm going to have to go through it, but I'm going to take it in a year by year basis. Um, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm, you'll try to make it fast, but, uh, you know, this could be it. This, you know, it could yeah, very dude, well be. do this shit, dude, do this shit for Cliff Averill, Chris Long, Tuba Rubin, 
Vernon Golston, Glenn Dorsey, do this shit for all the 2008 guys, all right? We're all sitting on couches like these, man, and we're watching our guy, year 15. I'm pulling for you, man. I'm pulling for you. I hope you get that ring, man. You deserve it. Hall of Famer, amazing guy off the field, Walter Payton Man of the Year, and uh, just somebody I'm super proud to say I know. So, Calais Campbell, thanks for the time, bro. Much love, my brother. I appreciate you. Likewise, bro. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring partner you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of the employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job according to Indeed data, US. One of the things I love about Indeed is that making hiring all in one place is so easy because candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search according to US Indeed data. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post, so you can hire faster. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, Kyle Long here. Dr. Fax here. I've got Howard Jr. here. What do you want your stage name to be? Well, HJ. Because well, I don't like calling you Howie Jr. because you're a fucking grown H-J. man. Well, technically not a junior, but it's just easier for people to kind of. Figure it out that way, but I will not go by HJ. I'm gonna call him Frank. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him Frankie because his middle name is Francesco. Well, we'll figure out. I mean, until further, picking out a name to be called Dirty by, Harry. I have a name. Dirty Harry. Figure it out. Dirty Harry. Kyle. You need an alias. Yep, you, you that used to be your nickname, Dirty Harry. That's it. Work. Also, a sick song by the Gorillas. Do you remember them? Yeah, my kids love that song. All right, so here's the deal, guys. That First song off, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. That's a good one too. Feels like that video. Yeah, it's trippy. So uh, I was listening to the Gorillas in college. Holy shit! High dude. school, middle school, so, so crazy. Listen, here's the deal, man. Howie's got some questions for me and Kyle and Nate. Obviously, can chime in. You know, this is uh, his first time on the pod. This is really long overdue. Howie lives in Vegas, so we don't get to see a Dirty Harry comes in once a year from Vegas and just uh, and kind of kisses some babies and then heads back to the uh, to Sin City. Don't forget the shaking hands. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's tough for me to get off the craps table out there in Vegas because that's all you do. Yeah? Uh, yeah. You getting some nice disposable income from the craps table? No. <laughs> I don't think Matt was either. Matt was, wait, you were up. You are, you you won, right, out there? No, freaking Ralph won because Ralph owes me money. I told Ralph <laughs> to put uh, to put money in the lucky little Chinese globe yeah. thing that they have out there. Uh-huh. And literally, after he did it, he was losing the whole trip. He won big time. So you think you need a? Are you telling our social media guy yes. that he needs to pay you royalties? We have it on you were camera. Like, you should do that. We have it on camera where I said it. And he was like, "Yo, if I win, I will." What's the cut on something like that when you're when somebody like suggests 
21 red non-binding non- that agree right dude sorry non-binding is correct that, no. that was a super fun trip i was down on gambling on that trip for sure but did enjoy getting to go to nashville and see busting with the boys so thing. there so there you go there's the busting with the boys thing that's what we got to talk about this is me publicly apologizing to will compton i went on busting with the boys and by the way you gotta go check those guys out compton taylor lawan i said that like this three people but taylor lawan it's hard to say that fast. Taylor Lewan. Say that five times fast. Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan, Taylor Lewan. God while damn, smoking, dude. While smoking weed. <laughs> That's the coolest thing you've ever done well, in that Bruce Lee shirt, <laughs> which is the coolest shirt I've ever seen, by the way. Like, there's a lot of oh, out of control cool shirts, and <coughs> Nate might have the coolest one. Dr. Fact, he, there's, there's dragons, there's Bruce Lee. It's a button down, it's short sleeve. That's got, not Lulu. That's woo woo. There's fire in the background, dude. Thrift farm. Nobody. God damn. Found this at a Charlottesville thrift <laughs> store. If we don't give them out, believe me, I got to work for these motherfuckers in here. I mean, I'll say some funny shit in here, and they're just tired of my uh, ass. A, so, lot, a lot of jokes are flying over my head, like in here, a lot of times. Well, it might be the, uh, the Pineapple Express. So on that topic, <laughs> I go to uh, Bustin' with the Boys. I stopped there on the way to this Vegas trip we were talking about. And I really wanted to, I really do believe in supporting people that I really fuck with in the industry. And I, I really like Will Compton. Uh, and, and Taylor. So, um, and especially Compton, because he has to kind of run that business. Like I know Taylor has a lot to do with what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, but Will has to like hustle so hard because he's got more time. You know, not, I'm not doing a year 10 joke or whatever. Will. I'm just saying Taylor, he's been, you know, Will was out of football at times last year and has really built this thing up. And so I wanted to go pop by and support those guys. So I go there will or me i forget which one was like we smoking on the bus it was more like can we smoke the bus out and you know i'm podcasting maybe more times than you know i'm high when i'm podcasting so did you smoke today yeah and and you're you're just fine i'm actually high right now (laughs) because it's just something that helps tie the room together for me it's the rug you know what i mean absolutely And when the rug is gone i need the rug i can imagine that how that would work yes so anyways we hit this joint together and we're just smoking podcasts and having fun. And in the podcast, we're talking about it. Like one of my biggest pet peeves is when you smoke weed, like openly, you have to be the biggest stoner. You know what I mean? Like you have to be, you're the weed guy, you're the weed guy, especially when there's not a lot of players that talk about it, but I don't care. Like, you know, I'm pretty wide open. So anyways, fast forward to now, will is excited. The episode's coming out. I'm excited for, for you know, I hope I did good on it because I, I really like their show. And uh, Will sends me a text last night like, hey, Bustin' with the Boys is popping out this social. Wondering if you could do the boys a solid and collaborate with, with us. And, you know, collaboration on Instagram now is like both accounts have to co-sign this shared, huh. you know. Yeah, it's pretty fucking, it's like next level. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I'm eating dinner. Let me check it out when I'm done. And I fucking go to get the social <laughs> and they weed guide me, bro. They like unintentionally, totally like for fun, weed guide me. Cause I don't think they realize like how protective I am of like my Instagram. Like I'll go on there showing and smoke and whatnot. But another thing that happened this week with Waylon was like, dad, when I'm 12, I'm getting a phone, huh? And I was like, oh, buddy, no. The other thing I told you about the bills, like, you're asking me about, I had to bust this one out. I was like, yeah, who told you? There's like a kid at school. He's getting a phone when he's 12. I was like, well, if you want to go live with him, mm-hmm. you're welcome to go live with him, but you got to get your stuff first and I'll drive you there. Yeah. And, and, then, and then he was like, okay. And uh, 
but but that just reminded me that in about three years, my son is going to be probably surfing Instagram on other kids' phones and is going to have you know uh, you know a direct access to my feed, I'll know exactly which I don't who you want. Are. I don't want me on there smoking. There's nothing wrong with what I do. Yeah. But the, the social guys will tell you that, like, I've told these guys, don't cut socials. Don't put me on YouTube with smoke in the air because I think there is still a stigma. And, you know, I know some people are like, oh, if you talk about weed, you're breaking the stigma down. Yeah, I'm doing it, but I don't have to go to the wall for it, dude. So busting with the boys put me on this thing. The social is just me blowing smoke out. There's fucking reggae music. They basically turned me into a 43-year-old guy with a tribal tattoo at a, at a, at a 311 concert. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe slightly stupid. Which has its perks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Namely the drugs. Just has its perks. Yeah. So um, anyways, I said to Will, I was like, as soon as I saw it, I just like my stomach dropped because I was like, damn, this is a fire social. They're going to love this. People are going to want to tune in. But I don't want anything to do with this social. And now I got to consider, do I make something up in this situation? Do I act like I didn't see the text because I've already responded? Told him right after I'm fin I finish this fish, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna collaborate with you. What do you do in that situation? I told the truth, and that's the problem. I'm really bad like that. That's the problem. What I should have done is made up a lie. I would have lied my ass off, bro. I was like, I texted him and I told him, hey, listen, man, I think the social's fire, but I got weed guide. Like, you know, I I kind of you know, like I'm I'm Luke I'm. Um, Bill Walton. I would have come up with the worst lie. Old man's a much less cool Bill Walton in this social. You know what I mean? So you got to say it's affecting money, so they feel bad. No, dude. All it was was I just told him the truth. That's fucked up. I blame no, my wife. So Kate like, for if everything. you really want it down, you just gotta be like, hey, bro, you might be messing up something else for me. Like, no, can that's you not it. Do me a solid and and maybe like not put the smoking part in there. I don't care at all about the social, but my point was I got my head all wound up in a knot worried about offending Will because I love Will and because I think they're doing a great job. And they worked and hard to cut And I like know that. what it's like. Yeah, and, and I know what it's like when somebody comes on your show and is like, uh, and you're like, can you share for me? So I want to share. I want to support Bustin' with the Boys. But I was like, hey, man, probably not that social, not 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 my personal feed. Uh, but by the time he called me back and he was all up, wound up in a knot now where did I mess something up? And I'm on the phone. Did I mess something up? I had gotten high. So I was paranoid at this point. I, I was going to say, I wonder what made you paranoid. About yeah, it. it was, you know, it was yeah, 10 o'clock at night. And Will called me back after a two hour wait. And I thought I, I offended the boy, but I didn't offend the boy. He was worried he offended me. Uh, but you know what I mean by that? Not you guys getting... both had to take a walk and figure out, like, all right, there needs to be a solution to this that we can both see clearly on. No, there wasn't. No, like, no, like where I don't feel weird. <laughs> like, because I know what you mean. I would have lied because I automatically feel weird about everything that I do. <laughs> I would have lied so horribly. I would have put all of you guys, like, Chris, Chris Howie, and Nate had a unicycle accident in Green yeah. County. I, 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 I have no service. But I'm texting Until you. the podcast comes out, there's no way I can ever market this podcast. Well, I thought about a few things. I thought about maybe just posting. What I did is I posted a, a post of Will looking high as fuck on the bus because he was just, he was three sheets <laughs> to win, bro. Um, but he actually took it like a champ. And um, 
posted his face, <laughs> which looked it looked like the uh, child actor from The Sixth Sense, by the way. <laughs> he does look like the, the kid from The Sixth Sense. Yeah, Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, thank you. and he wouldn't know his name. That's Howie's comment was Haley Joel Osment. That's what it was. You commented that in my. I didn't know who the fuck that was, but I was like, I know it's I funny. I just doxed my brother. But it's so funny that Howie delete it. It's so funny that Dirty Harry pointed that out because he does look like that. And I posted something thinking, you know, um, maybe I could act like, oh, whoops, I didn't know what you meant. I thought co collab meant just post something. I'm going through all these stupid lies, and I'm like, Chris, just shoot from the hip. That's your that's your boy. You and Will are like content brothers now. So I called Will and I told him, this is my public apology. I just didn't want to get weed guide on my own uh, timeline. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of going to um, impose after this pod because I don't like where my life is headed. Um, I go on a show. I've done all these things in my life and all of a sudden I'm the weed guy. I feel the same way about charity sometimes too in a different way. So <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to talk about weed on this show until August. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know what the terms are going to be, but but cannabis is not coming up on this show unless we have a guest on. And or, then, or we get a big sponsorship. No, we're not. No. Yeah, or we get a sponsorship. Okay. If somebody wants to pay me to talk about cannabis, I, you can be my white knight. Can my you green fire? Knight. Can you that's use? Gonna, that's gonna, that, I'm looking for a purple the, knight. That's going to be the fire under can, a company yeah. right can now. Can you use slang? Like, or no, you no slang. Can't say weed I can't or even, pot. Nope, I can't even make nope. comments alluding Chris, to Chris, what time hot. is it? Right now, it's probably 4.03 p.m. No, it's 4.20. Oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> it really is, huh? It really right is. Right there, big clock. God damn it. That's stupid, too. And that's the type so of like, stuff that I'm getting wrapped up in now, dude. I'm basically this fucking... I'm a weed guy, dude. I And I hate it. And that's the thing. I predicted this, too. When I, when I said that to Dan Patrick a couple years ago, I was like, fuck, dude. I'm going to become the weed guy, even though I'm just smoking to enjoy my job. And that's, like, part of what I do. So I don't love that stigma... It's like Jeep guys. Don't tread on us. It's like, you know, it's not a personality They lead trait. the league and don't tread on me. It's not, a, about Jeep. It's not a personality trait. My girl trait. just got a, yeah. a new Jeep this week. He you said like Jeep, Jeep guy, dude. Yeah. He said Jeep guy, bro. Jeep guy? Yeah, he said Jeep guy, not Jeep girl. Don't uh, tread on me. License plate coming next. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, apologies to Will Compton for not doing that. I was going to lie and then apologize to him on the show, but we worked that out. I am not going to talk about weed until August unless we have a guest that it directly pertains to, okay? What's the punishment, anything? You guys wanna get back to me? Yeah, you got a- $100 fine. $100 fine every every weed. We no, don't. no, yeah. a half an ounce fine. No, are you fucking kidding me, dude? <laughs> That's weed. Nah, 100 bucks. $100. 100 bucks. 100 bucks every time I talk about weed on here and it's not pertinent to the conversation when it comes to a guest. And all the fines are gonna go into a pool that we're gonna make a futures bet with before the NFL season. So Who are we gonna bet on? That. We gotta bet on the biggest stoner in, in pro sports. The Raiders. Bro, that's really close to a $100 fine right there. No, we're, we're after this show, <laughs> okay. it starts after this okay. show. Right. It's after this show, dude. So we'll think about that. We'll put a future on some uh, futures on somebody with cool. that. I got Howie here. Um, Howie's got some questions he prepared. Howie has one rule. Oh, the rule is um, they can't say we're not going to answer that. You got to give me an answer. You got to explain. For most of these questions, you do have to explain your answer, and you know, it'll make more sense when you hear the questions. Um, kind of all over the place here, but should be interesting. I think the way you put it earlier was you don't have to like them, but you better fucking answer them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was off air. You have to answer them. <laughs> 
All right. Well, you might not like them, but you got to fucking answer them. Okay, there we go. All right. Um, name a specific time when you've been uncontrollably high in a place you shouldn't be high. And now after the, the new rule. The, we're, we're end of the pod. All right. We're good. Kyle? Uh, the first time that I, that I was able to travel on the plane with the Kansas City Chiefs to an away game after breaking my leg, I, on the way home, I had one too many gummies. And uh, I had, and I don't know if it was the altitude that had gotten to me because we were in Denver, and I went through like a full warm up and everything. Uh, I thought I, w- I thought my head was gonna explode on the plane. Like I thought I was gonna be like one of those uh, Men in Black scenes where the guy's head explodes. There's yeah. a little alien head in there. Yeah, that's one of the side effects. That's what I was feeling. It's an interesting. But the Howie, there's your answer. Yeah, I like it. I uh, let's see, in a bad way. No, I mean like church or I know oh, you don't go church, to church all the time. Church. It's just an example. Um, hmm. I would say probably probably when I forget something's on my calendar and I get high. You know, I have a Zoom call. You went big, big or picture. a podcast. Did I do that for a podcast? Oh, you know what it was? One the Manning cast run through. The Manning cast run through. That's it, dude. So I forgot. I got. I, I ate the, a couple big edibles and was just getting ready to like wind down for the night. It was a. It was a busy September or August <laughs> evening last fall, and I had forgotten that I was supposed to be on the Manning Cast dry run. Like mm. they were using me for their preseason, and I'm thinking the way that was described, they're doing this little hokey little like you know quarterback corner podcast about a football game. I don't know what the fuck a Manning Cast is. <laughs> And when I saw it on my fucking calendar, I panicked, bro. You know the Dumb and Dumber scene where the, the, he realizes that the toilet's not working and the music comes on? Huh? That was me at the kitchen. Manning cast on my calendar, dude. I'll be right I, out. I haven't looked at a fucking calendar in a month, dude. Not a month. And for some reason, I glance at that motherfucker. I got 10 minutes, bro. I go upstairs. I splash some water on my face, the whole thing. I go back downstairs, I get a decent background so I don't look like a corpse who's got allergies. And uh, next thing you know, the screen pops on and it's Peyton Manning's big ass head and it's Eli's big ass head in a well lit room and there's producers and they're like, this is Mark in Chicago. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. The double bird. Oh my, no, this is the, the, this is the preview, so it's a it's not actually going on the air. But needless to say, I got two Hall of Famers depending on me to talk through the third quarter of a Detroit Lions preseason football game. Peyton's asking me the questions that he like puts you on the spot to ask, and I'm by the grace of God, I got through it, and I think I was pretty good. But I did not plan on being high that night. Okay, fair enough. <clears throat> Sufficient. Nate, you got anything? Yeah. yeah. CFL. You're like Tony Reale. So I was in CF the Harry CFL Reale. and. <laughs> Um, redacted, a Canadian kid, he's like, hey, do you want to try one of these gel capsules, THC capsules? So I took this capsule. Oh, this is good. 36 hours before our game. And and, and I, I sadly, yeah, okay. sadly to say, that was the last game I played in the CFL. Oh, my God. <laughs> That I ever sued. Damn, they blackballed you for being high. The the Canadian league. No, they didn't blackball me for cannabis. I just played like I was like. You blackballed yourself. Sorry, bud, you're out. Sorry, the guy's running towards the fucking. 
Sorry. Get the fuck out of here. It wasn't even like I played like that bad. It was just that like literally I felt like I was floating the entire game. Like the the THC just wasn't out of me can and it we, was it was so strong. Can we get some footage of this game? We played against the Tie Cats. It was like the How many tackles did you make? Mm, Negative 3. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. It makes sense. Yeah. It does. All right. Well, I I think I like Nate's the best. We're not picking uh favorites here but um so if you guys nate you've lived a normal life so this one's tough for you uh if you guys lived a normal life no sports no pro sports what do you think you guys would be doing now chris i I know you you played sports and now you have a podcast but that never happened yeah so like high school college i got you you even went to college then Career. You want me to lead this one off? Yeah, lead it off, Kyle. Astronaut, Somalia. This is a really good question, Howie. Uh, I went and got an MRI this morning, and I had to deal the first person to deal with when you put your like blue shirt on and your blue pants on is a, a nurse. Today, it was a male nurse. Mm. And he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Um, and there was a little old lady that was in front of me that went, and he and she was really nervous. I could tell, and he was so cool with her. Mm-hmm. And to watch her be like, "Oh, thank you so much," and like helpful, I was like, "A male nurse would have been a really like I could see myself doing that." How about that? You Gay figured Lord it out Fucker. today, and how he hit you with it today, yeah. Gaylord Gay Fucker, Gaylord Fucker. I, yes, immediately who I thought. I bet of. you would, Panama That's Red. Are you, I would be a damn good nurse. Are you Panama Red or am I yeah. Panama? We were Red? just talking about that line. That's one of the best of all time. All right. Oh me. You know I'm probably not lying. Uh, I would like to work for James River Runners. Yeah. And and fucking shuttle people in a school bus back and forth from where you put in on the James River. He would draw a hard line on bullshit back, on his bus, though. Well, no, it, listen, I would give the best bus tours. I would tell you where we're taking out, how high the river is. You want to don't jump on that rock. That rock, there was yep. some driftwood a couple years ago. Guy got hurt bad. Maybe died. Still Thinking, down there. Uh, Billy Madison and... I'll turn this bus. I'll around. turn this bus around. <laughs> That'd be you. If peeing your pants is cool, I'm Miles Davis. I think I think I would be running like a small budget, like driver or limo service for high priced clients that, that that like that I would constantly nag with um, new ideas. <laughs> I could see that <laughs> and opportunities. I could see that again. I I think I like Nate's, Nate's good again. answer. All right, so now we're, we're just gonna type it into this GoFundMe here, and I'm just gonna need your social. <laughs> we're gonna. Oh yes, I am the Nigerian prince. Yes, it's me, the guy you were talking to oh, on the we phone. We have to talk about the Yan- we have to okay, talk about go. the Yankees thing later. What the Yankees thing? The the the, the minor leaguer. The, we'll talk about it later. The minor leaguer. He was okay. selling his friend stuff. I mean, his teammate stuff. We'll talk about it. We're on it. <laughs> so a uh, minor leaguer, he got caught. He was stealing his teammates' stuff, but he was selling it. But the worst part about it, he was scamming the people he was selling it to. So he was like, "Hey, I got this player's glove or whatever like that," Damn, dude. and then not even giving it to them. No. So he was so. So I guess the what team found system? out. Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. yeah he was uh, in the Yankees. Yeah. Jake Sanford. 
And, and, I, and I was offended reading it because that's what you always fucking think I'm gonna do when we get stuff it's here. It's like, yeah, I'm just no, but it's not like you're taking. A, you're not. It's not like you're taking Eagles gear, but like, no. When, but it's like if I stole like, uh, if you seen this bobblehead, like you, you're one of your bobbleheads that you know was only here. If I like, imagine I just put it online for sale. Bro, but I then, would be hot. But no, bro, no, 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 fucking, no. But here's the worst thing about Ermin it. Trout, so uh, think about one of your Mike, Mike Ermin Trout bobblehead <laughs> ended up on eBay. Think about one of your fans thinking that it's it's of you and from you and then i don't even send it to them i just take their money so then they're gonna hit you yeah, up it's, and it's be like i bad. bought a bottle it's double bad it's double bad that guy is bad bad news well, there's, well, there's precedence here because another yankees uh minor leaguer from 2002 <laughs> ruben rivera he's uh accused of stealing Derek jeter's glove and selling it online. Oh my god, dude. He made the bag. How much is Derek Jeter's glove worth? Just thievery. Yikes. Again, to add to Nate's being the most interesting. <laughs> um, so this next one, we're going to get a little wild here. Fuck, oh. kill, marry, and why? We have... We have <laughs> it's marry, fuck, kill. We're all married. But uh, but also, we have uh, resisted doing this for the better part of three years, but I guess we're here. What, were, shoot. what, what was my first rule and only rule? Okay, shoot, Howie. Shoot, yeah. shoot. Coach like Saban, that. Deion Sanders, and Celine Dion. Go. Oh, this is oh easy my for me. God. Okay, well, okay, this is easy for me. Obviously, I'm fucking Celine Dion. Yeah. Just to stick with the times. Yo, yeah. I'm going to marry I'll, Nick Saban because he's brilliant. And oh, who was the third one? You're going to kill yeah. Deion Sanders. That's rude. I didn't know I had to I'm kill I'm going to keep Deion. it real with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. going to fuck Celine Dion. I'm going to marry Dion because I can't kill a black man. And he might let you step and, out so you can continue and, to be... I'm beginning to think my question's flawed. No, no, here you go, here you go. Here you go, guys. You're thinking about this all wrong. We're going to kill somebody. You can't marry any of the, the, the gentlemen mentioned because... You're essentially fucking them for the rest of your life. That's the thing you're not thinking about. What? This. Yeah, dude. You, you, I'm you, in a loveless marriage with Nick Saban. No, there's plenty. Me and Nick Saban are just swingers. like it's just, that's scheming your, up plays. That's your companion for the rest of your life. Marriage is business. Oh, you and just got to Dion, business. You're married. There's plenty of couples who are married. Who and, and oh, okay. It's okay. just that's your companion. So okay. Like, or it's for might, fiscal okay, reasons. Got it. Got it. Like Me and Saban are, are married. Are you guys moving the bar on this? On this? Well, no, hey, it's fine. If we can have one of those... Fuck, like, we live at a, you know, um, a monastery. Hey, me and Nick Saban just moved into, a, or me and Dion in a monastery. So I'm cool. Let's, so yeah. What's your answer? That's the M word is Dion. We live in a monastery. We're just. <laughs> I live with Nick Saban in a normal home. And I'm going to kill Nick Saban, and then I'm going to, and I'm definitely. Uh, uh, I don't even want to say it, but you know what I'm going to do also. And I only, Who are you going to kill? No, you. <laughs> I only picked Celine Dion because it reminded me of. Dion Sanders. Oh my God, dude! That was time to prep. Okay, so stranded on an island, and you can bring one sex toy. Oh my God! Now, now this is—you're not gonna. My guess was you'd be wasting your time using the sex toy for what you think you'd use it for. Yeah. Think outside the box. Well, there are sea urchins all over the place. Oh, don't put your dick in that. No, the 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 ones that that aren't has a Billy football moment. Uh, no. I would bring, um, all right, it's a book. It's a romantic novel, Howie. Okay. Because I'm an intellectual and I don't need a to fucking like flashlight. Yeah, later yeah. On? Nate's like, thinking the, the right way here. How are no, you going to survive off a romantic novel? 
a big, thick romantic novel, many chapters, Howie. I'm an intellectual. <sighs> okay. You're thinking fleshlight. I'm thinking. I'm thinking a lube receptacle because you can use it as a water bottle. Okay. Mm. See that you're thinking. You're, you're on some real bear grills shit, aren't That's you? Where yeah. the like you got often drink out of my KY jelly. You're bottles. a multi-tool guy. Yeah. By the way, Kyle, utility. Kyle's shout a multi-tool guy as of today. Shout, shout out to I would bring one of those little shocker things because I'm pretty sure you can probably like put some dry leaves and start a fire with that shit. Okay. I would oh, do see? inflatable sex doll so I could raft away. All right. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Was not Fuck a trick question, but that's what I was kind of thinking of. If anyone got Oh, that well, in that case, there. I'm making, I'm bringing a Lexington Steel replica dildo, look, and I'm one. just going to ride that thing out like a banana boat. <laughs> you're going to look oh, like, like you Yeah, I'm going I'm just going to float right through the channel and out into the Atlantic Ocean. I'll be home in no time. Now you're using your head. All right. That's it's a regular Moana over there. All right, so we're going back to this. Fuck, kill, marry, and oh, why? God. Kevin Costner. Why does he keep saying it backwards? Kevin Costner in Waterworld. Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams. Okay. Go. This is great. Oh man. And and note that it was very hard to leave Kevin Costner from the Postman. Can I get Bull Durham? <laughs> Can I get Bull Durham, wasn't Kevin? My, wasn't, in, I, wasn't in my top. I've never seen these. He did okay. a lot of so, so Yellowstone, the Yellowstone guy's got to go. Movies, the, the show's not good. Okay. Okay, show's not good. Yellowstone, got to go. Um, the other one was Field of Dreams. And Waterworld. I'm probably going to marry Kevin Costner in Waterworld, right? <laughs> yeah, because because here's the deal, nope. dude. That guy, that guy, like, bro, he survived so much in that I movie, would, including too, dehydration, like perpetual dehydration. That means you're gonna fuck Field of Dreams, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I'm just sitting in a cornfield with Kevin Costner no, and a, two ghosts. The best Kevin Costner is Tin Cup Costner. Yes, give me another iron. ball. That was a uh, Chris. That was an, Kevin Costner in Waterworld had gills. You could fuck him, and it could still be kosher. Yes, Kyle. You would have to marry Yellowstone Dutton. Kyle, yes, this is the smartest thing anybody's because ever said on this show. Because you would get so dude. much money, and then you could just like uh, you could you could fuck Field of Dreams, Costner. Get him a mustard jacket. Get him a mustard jacket. We are doing a fucking take Hall of Fame here. That is the first one on the wall. It is that Kevin Costner in Waterworld is the perfect answer because of the gills. Thank you. Kyle. Great question. That, that take will live forever. Well, that's, you know, I, I created these questions to kind of these get are good, the best Allie. out of you. What we, got, what we got? Let's keep the hating streak alive. You know what? We're, we're, we're done with the questions. Okay, these are great. These are awesome, Howie. Thank you that guys. was all of them? Yeah, you guys did. So you that. asked, like, uh, what, would you, what do you want to be when you grow up, and which Kevin Costner would you fuck? There was another <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was seemed to be where we got... The most out of, so yeah. I cannot wait for you to come back. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Can you write in questions? That's from what I was about to say. Yeah. You have to, you, hey, anytime bag, Chris puts up mailbag it, stuff, you just have to flood it. Make a troll account and just flood it with like, great questions. I make them, but I just tell my fiance them, and then she doesn't find them that oh. there's a There's a marriage flex. Yeah, sorry, not yet. Fiance, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, shout out, shout out to E. Too. Yeah, shout out, Eric. We love E. Um, all right, cool. You, we'll, the future uh, misses long. We'll be back. We'll be back very soon on Monday. Holy shit! On Monday, we have a bevy of guests. I mean, I, I'm having a hard time fucking picking the guest. I mean, we have so many good guests on Monday. Yeah, Tuesday show. I'm terrible Yonde. at plugging my show. Yonde. There's a rapper coming on. Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take care.